and welcome to episode 429 of the Awesome Comics Podcast, a place where the small press makes one hell of a big noise. My name is Vince Hunt, and joining me as always is the creator of the comic series Vanguard, Dan Butcher. Hello. And the man to whom jet lag is nothing. I spit on your jet lag. <laughs> it's Tony Esmond. Man, I was so tired this week. <laughs> why, the fuck did, why the fuck did I get up at half three to talk to you two turnips? What was oh, I doing? I know, you're an absolute yeah. mad lad. <laughs> that was a mess. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> but yes, Tony is now back in Blighty in the good old UK after his Baltimore and SPX adventure. Um, yeah. If you want to know more about that in depth, then check out our last episode. It's full of full of goodness, as well yeah. as me grilling Dan about Vanguard. And oh yeah, it's a good episode, things. boys. Yeah, yeah that was, listen to that on the Cheers, plane dude. back. Yeah, yeah, there yeah, you yeah. go. Yeah, okay. I think we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna cover the Sunday as well a bit because we didn't get yeah. to cover the Sunday, yes. really, which yeah. which had some interesting facets. Yeah. yeah, and there's a there's a couple of interesting things to talk about this week, and it's just a bit of awesome comics talk. It's just the three amigos here to just uh, maybe maybe a little guest interview slid in as well, aren't we? Oh, don't spoil the surprise. Right, don't spoil sometimes, it. sometimes you want. <laughs> you might calm down. You might give them a bit. Of <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, don't say the name yet. But no, yes, uh, um. It. But um, yes, got a cheeky little. He's just messing me though. <laughs> <laughs> what to see if it's already in? Um, <laughs> uh, oh, in not like that. <laughs> oh dear! Already, I mean, it hasn't even been three minutes, gentlemen. Come on, come on. You know it goes bad with the three of us. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. In a hotel room. Yeah, you know what's never bad though? Our sponsor, Comic House. House. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they are an indie comic marketplace that loves indie comics as much as you do and as much as we do. Perhaps and, more. Uh, well, possibly. I mean, Dan's, Dan's on fire today, isn't he? He, he, knows. he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly if you if you out there are listening to this show, there's a good chance that you love indie comics because we talk about them a fair bit on this show. I, th- I think we can all agree. And if you yeah. go to comichouse.com, you can see there's a huge selection of titles on their database. Mm. If you're a creator, you can uh, and self-publish. You can list your book on there. It's no avenue to get the work out into the world. As is the digital Comic House app, basically like Netflix for comics. Only three pounds a month, and you get access to an enormous library of digital indie comics that's being that's growing all the time. Dan, what's on there at the moment? We got Contracts Zero by Envision Comics UK. Oh. John Lee Nonley, Volume One, Issue Two. It's the great That's Christmas not easy to say. crossover. I know, John but Lee. I loved hearing Dan say it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> John, I'll read the synopsis for this one. Please do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had to put my drink down. I was just about to drink. Down. Like, what am I doing? Right. What, what go. should you do in your second issue of a new comic series? Do a crossover of characters form co- from I was going from comics that weren't released for a year, and some form comics that will never be released. Uh, hey, no one ever said we did things the right way here. Just do it in some way that gets a book completed. This book is an epic Christmas crossover as the John Lee characters interact with Pot and Kettle from Inanimate and Sergeant Blinky and sent all awesome stunts. Fire up the lawyers, Vince, from Sergeant <laughs> Blinky and his brigade of the fantastic. Tony, do you um, think, do you think, I don't know what's going on. Do you think Dan's bang, banged his head? Because I'm lost. I, 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 I've read that as as written. I, I, I think he's just. He's, he's on. Right. He's on so any. He? He's back yeah. on it. There was but, actually yeah. nothing in what he just said that I understood. No, just <laughs> words. Uh, and we've got headless volume one. Per- he's, he's still going. Perfect Commando Productions, which <laughs> he's a, is he's a pro. This he sounds. Is. This sounds better. The story synopsis in this. Okay, one. cool. Let's Ichabod, that Ichabod Crane is a quiet young boy at the Sleepy Hollow Academy in the countryside of New York State. 
after finding a mysterious lost horse in the woods while under the pursuit of a merciless school bully from Brom Brombones and a sleepy hollow boy gang and return it to the stables, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh god! What's he doing? No. his own jokes up, yeah, he? Finds himself under the protection, the, uh, the affectations of the legendary headless horseman of Sleepy Hollow. There you go. There's nice. nothing wrong or bad about that. I know. So, so, so let, clearly innocent. Totally innocent. Lends us all to think what earth was going through Dan Butcher's mind as he was reading that. But he's thinking, "What's a Sleepy Hollow?" I've seen one of them. Yeah. <laughs> And he's probably thinking that there's an amazing, there's all of that and more must have been on the amazing that, Vince, Comic House definitely. app. And if you want to find out more and uh, find out, who about am it, I on a podcast with tonight? Two pros, fourteen day free trial. <laughs> when, when yeah, someone has to be because you keep interrupting <laughs> me. Um, and you can dive headfirst into the amazing world of small press. We talk about every week. Check it at comichouse.com. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Thank you to them as always. I know that got Al Henderson listens to this on one point five speed. That will fucking spin his head out. You saying? <laughs> yeah. <that. laughs> I mean, my, what I said there sounded like utter gibberish. Uh, at 1.5 speed, it's going to be even worse. Yeah. <laughs> play, try it back, play it backwards than... and you become a devil worshipper. Yeah. That's how I'll, it try works, and, I'll try and talk faster the rest of this episode so Al finds it very hard to understand. <laughs> I don't know what you mean, Dan. What, what earth could you be talking about? <laughs> well, Tony, no, you just sent me the cover there. T- Tony, I, yeah. come on. Me and Dan have had a go. Say something fast, Tony. I can't say anything fast. I've been drinking too much today. Oh. The, uh... <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? You just throw up. Um, <laughs> Both ends. Yeah. Oh. Awesome Comics Podcast. High brow entertainment. Welcome to the yeah. show, everyone. Fuck <laughs> off, Frontline Radio 4. We're here to take your place. <laughs> <laughs> What's your idea of a perfect Sunday? No, anyway. <laughs> um... Anal. <laughs> so, someone, someone out there, please just clip that bit and turn it into a little song. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> we have to be careful, Tony. Don't you know? We this is almost a ten years we've been doing this. Yeah. You've got to know by now, man. <laughs> what, ha- what is happening? Right, let's mm-hmm. right, let's restart. Right, okay. Restart. So, let's start. I'm, men- I'm mentally yeah. restarting. Right, good. Okay, okay. okay. How are you guys? Hello How's and welcome to the. Oh no. <laughs> Pretend we didn't say anal. Continue. No, <laughs> uh, it's, it's there we? now. Yeah, um, they're out there. Everyone knows about it. Yeah. So you know the kind of energy we're bringing this week, folks, um, and that's because we're just really happy to be all back in the same room. No, we're not mm. actually in the same room. Although some of you, I do. I missed you guys last week. Oh, bless! It's, it's just me and the bloke doing the noisy hoovering and talking <laughs> to you on headphones. wasn't the same. No, oh, I can imagine. And you went off and talked without me. I was jealous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, you, it feels you, weird when there's not the three of us. I've got it to does, say, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, um, because then I have to pay attention all the time. Anyway, right, <laughs> <laughs> Dan, your laughing is on point this week. Every time you <laughs> chuckle, <laughs> I want to laugh. Um, but certainly, another thing I want to do is find out a little bit more because Tony had um, obviously he had his Baltimore and SPX adventure. You had one more day. We spoke to you at the at dawn. <laughs> La, on yeah, it wasn't even dawn. It was yeah, three a.m. Yeah, yeah the um, pre, I don't, pre-dawn. I don't yeah. remind me. I told the boys on the Slack about this on the um, the drink and draw. But I don't, have I told you the story about the taxi driver yet? No, no, uh, no. no, no, no. So I got, I got in, I got. So I had to go from Baltimore to SPX, which is about forty minutes. Just, go, just got to say at the front, uh, up front. Um, yeah. 
there will be some comic content. <laughs> so it's coming. It's coming. In fact, we're turning this story into a comic. I've already written it, yes. and Fabby's already started drawing it. Amazing. In a slightly more advanced and outrageous way, but mm. so I'm sitting there and watching. I've called an Uber. It's like five thirty in the morning, and there's nobody about. And most of I, I love America. Baltimore, not the nicest of places. There's a few crazy people wandering around asking me for a cigarette right. at 5.30 in the morning. Do you know what I mean? But I'm standing outside right. this hotel and uh, I called the Uber. And you know you can see it on the map and it's turning up. And it, it's, it stops just at the next road where I can see it. And a bloke jumps out and walks across the road, almost runs across the road. And I'm thinking, that's a bit weird. What's going on there? Mm. And this car pulls up and the dude, um, quite happy bloke, massive beard, bit crazy looking. Um, bit Cheech and Chong looking to him. Do you know what I mean? That's okay, fair enough. Yeah, get get. Yeah. And he goes, uh, he goes. I said, "Oh, Uber for Tony." And he went, "Yeah." I said, "He said, that's my name. My name's Tony." I went, "Oh, nice one." Thinking that's hopefully going to the end of the conversation. Yes. You know? And I got in the back, got in the back of the Uber, and he started driving off, and there was no music on or anything like that. And he stops at the next set of lights, turns around to me, and goes, "My friend's got a funny name." I went, "All right." What's that then? Not wishing to get into any kind of conversation. He went, <laughs> and he went, heroin. Like this. And I went, I wouldn't want that name, would you? And he just sort of turns around and drives off. And then he puts this sort of um, 80s mix on the radio. And we start playing oh, Wild God. Boys, Duran Duran. I, mean, I, I, I would honestly think I was going to die. Yeah, going, was... As we're driving through like this bit of Baltimore that's people living on the street and stuff, it's Wild Boys. And I'm thinking, and it slowly entered my head. This bloke just offered me heroin, I think. You know. Yeah, I mean, what's that about? I've got... I don't know. It was a bit weird. And then we drove past the Church of the Latter-day Saints, their big cathedral there, you know, the Mormons. And it was, it's got these sort of golden towers. And he started chatting to me about that. And I, I don't know if he was a heroin-dealing Mormon. That might have been his vibe in that That's car. quite a stretch. Yeah. So I was telling... I, met, I literally got there just, you know, just for breakfast, sat down, samurai, and we had breakfast. And he goes... Yeah, Tony, he definitely, he definitely offered you heroin. <laughs> cab driver. Well, I don't know anything about the uh, purchasing of heroin, but is that usually done at five thirty in the morning? Well, I guess you need it when you need it, don't you? I yeah. suppose. But you know, I think it's a twenty-four-seven business, Dan. <laughs> oh, <fair laughs> yeah, yeah, but they stop for lunch. <laughs> you yeah. don't think? Oh, should we get some heroin? <laughs> oh, it's oh five, no, after five thirty, it, it's one quarter out, six out. now, so it's it's shut. <laughs> Or if you have any leftovers, you put it in the fridge and then heat up in the morning in the microwave. Yeah. Oh, you got to be dodgy. Sometimes you at least with a dodgy tummy, though, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, uh, you shit your pants. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was my experience with the cab driver. So that's quite fun. That was all right. Now, there's a couple of things I wanted to mention to you about it. Now, you know me; I don't care about wearing a mask. Um, I'll wear a mask if people ask me to. I don't care. It's uh, if it's good, if it's the right thing to do, I'll do it. However, Baltimore was maskless, and SPX was masks enforced. Which wow, was a, okay, that's interesting. Which was, okay. was a strange comparison. I'm not saying either was right or either was wrong, but um, it was a strange one. But I just come out of a, off a plane and at an airport, you know, which was maskless. Um, so yeah. I think about you guys, it's an absolute rarity to see anyone wearing a mask for me nowadays. I think I've seen one or two, like, yeah. more elderly people wearing one or one, one or two people wearing on a train. Yeah, yeah. Warren, um, who runs SBX, was saying that, he was saying at the table that a few people had um, had called in sick because they tested positive, okay. um, who were like volunteers and table people who had tables, and he so he decided to sort of set his mask on. Oh, I'm, I'm I don't make him wrong. I don't make him right. I don't, you know, I, I wore it because it's right. But it was, he wasn't forced. 
Yeah, okay. it's, it's, his, it's his festival. He does what he likes. But the um, if you don't want to wear it, you couldn't get in. I think that's fine. Um, mm. So there's somebody on the door who's saying, no, can you put your mask on, please? And, you know, we all did. You know, the only thing it does do is it's slightly more difficult to um, hear what people are saying. Definitely. Um, and plus, we've got the accent di- difference between me and Americans. So sometimes that's sort of... Specifically you, know, you and Americans. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, me saying stupid things like, let's go for an Andy Murray. They talk you know, in but, a weird voice. So. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it made it slightly more difficult. Um, but it didn't stop everyone. Everyone hugs each other, you know, at Baltimore. Okay. Not at uh, mm. SPX. It's a big hugging convention. I didn't think that would be on. Well, uh, yeah. There was no social distancing, but there was masks, put it that way. So they, they, okay. there's a little bit of a, a buffer against the virus there, isn't there? You know? Yeah. But not a full one, I suppose. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know what, you, what do you guys think. Oh, you'd be fine with that, I guess, would you? Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm not going to fucking kick off having to wear a mask. I'd, I'd rather not. No, uh, no, no, I mean, it's it's all about what people are comfortable with. Do you know what I mean? I, I think. Yeah. And also, it's. There's certainly um, people out there who have suffered from like, long COVID and all of that kind of stuff. So, mm. it's, it, people who are tabling at conventions have genuine health concerns as well. So, you, I think you've always got to be. You should never be sort of flippant about someone's nah. health concerns or things like that. And if, if they're comfortable doing it, then respect it. It's just, you know, there's not enough respect in a lot of the comics community anyway. So we, we not need, a lot of respect we... anyway, is there? Let's face it, sadly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I just thought it was an interesting thing we could talk about. Do you know what I mean? I've not seen it so far in any of the festivals over here. Hmm. I do wonder that, you know, SPX does tend to be a bit of a leader in the scene. I wonder whether it was something that is being considered for for probably Thought Bubble, maybe the lakes or something like that, you know. Uh, hmm. Interesting. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. It... It depends how kind of things play out over here, don't you think? How, like how the way of... they're, they're talking about there being a little uptick, aren't they? You know, um, in the virus at the moment. So I, honestly, I can't see masks coming back right. in this country at least. I just don't. I, I mean, don't I mean, happen, we say that. But I could we, be wrong. We didn't think there was going to be a virus. Yeah, that exactly. keeps in the yeah, you know, um, the word well, pan- days. the word pandemic used to be something that you put in your story that you thought, well, this is a good yeah, it'd be on idea. like a movie, wouldn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, strange things have happened. Yeah, well, they most certainly have happened. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, I thought it was an yeah. interesting thing too. Yeah. The other, thing, the other, one of the other things I was going to mention, I know I just showed you it before we came on, is um, and it's something you and I, Dan, have experienced previously. At UCAC is producing a manu- an annual or a, a, a magazine uh, yeah. just for the festival. Man, New I York, love New that. York do it. I love um, that idea. Yeah, I really because that's like a, not only a collectible; it's kind of like a thing you have for getting being there. Mm. It's in and you can get it signed. Place. You know yeah, the people who are yeah. there as guests and stuff. But like Steve Conley's got a great page yeah. in it. Now, you know, he's... I'm I'm just gonna play Devil's Advocate. I really love them as well. I just want to say that out of the front. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I love, that. especially when it's a really nicely printed and you've got a whole. Mm. It's like a like a souvenir booklet, like yeah. you like you would have going to a I mean, theater, this is theater show yeah. or right. like live sports mm. show or something. Like, just anything like that. I'm I'm all for that. Um, in terms of the comics arena, um, what is the value of these things. Now, I'm not talking necessarily monetarily. Um, these are great things to have. But on the whole, a lot of the people who go to these conventions, do you think it's um, it's worth it for many conventions to do this? Do you know what I mean? Well, mine, mine was, firstly, interestingly, I'm not sure, because I paid a little, tiny little, it wasn't much more, for a VIP ticket that got me in it earlier. And mine came as part of the ticket. So I think okay. it depends Dexter. on what kind of ticket you, you could get. You, you get game free. Right. Previously, with um, 
for example, UCAC. Um, I mean, they're, they're very iconic now, the UCAC ones. You know, you can almost tell who went to what convention by which ones they remember. Um, but that's a real snapshot of the scene at the time. So you'll find that a lot of them have got Dread, Batman, and Captain Britain, you know, um, whatever Cam Kennedy, Cam Kennedy was in one, you know, Alan Davis was in one. And it was very much a, sn a snapshot of the scene at the time. Um, for example, when Miller came over for one of the UCACs, there's um, a Miller Dark Knight in it. Uh, there's a Watchmen nice. in it and stuff like that, which are kind of, um, well, it's not original art, but they are originals for that booklet. Mm. Um, and I, for me, I've, I regularly look back through the ones I've got. Um, I really, I really do like them. This one was a slightly different affair because I was chatting to Al Henderson about it earlier, and he he went. I think off the top of my head, I think it was 2016. He went to Baltimore. In fact, it was him saying how good it was, which is the reason I thought oh, I'll go to the, this this one. Um, and his was Liberty Meadows, which was the Frank Cho book. Okay, celebrating yeah. that. This one I got here. I mean, I was like a pig in shit with this man because it was um, it was First Comics's 40th anniversary. And um, I'm massive for uh, first comics fan. I'm really, I'm wearing a first comics t-shirt. Yes, you know. So it had a lot of the creators <clears throat> who were involved in the series, um, but it also had a lot of other people in it. So um, Frank Cho does something in this. Cully Hammer, Billy Tucci, Mark Wheatley, Mark Hempel, um, Howard Chaykin's in it. Joe Staten, Tim Truman, Steve Rude, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez has got a page in it. Um, Dean Haspiel, uh, Franco. There's, it's 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 a lot of people, Andrew Peepoy's in it, but there's a lot of people in it who you'd see as, you know, Lock Barry Kitts and long-standing creators, you know, well-known mm. creators. But there's a lot of sort of newer guys. Steve Connolly's got a great page in here as well. So it's Fantastic. it's a book that you can take around with you. And when, you when you know, I should have done it. I didn't do it because I'm useless. And when I got to Steve Connolly's table, it was just us taking the piss out of each other for 10 minutes, you know. But, uh, <laughs> you know, technically I could have gone around and go, oh, Steve, sign this page. David Mack's here. Oh, David Mack, can you sign your page? Greg Hildebrand. You know, it's like this. I could have gone around getting people to sign pages. I didn't do. But that's a nice little experience. And also a cheaper one, V, I think. You know, mm. for a, a nice memory of meeting people, it gives you yeah. the reason to stop by yeah. the table, you know. Yeah, um, I was going to say you mentioned V about like cons that could get away with it. If it was like a smaller press one, maybe not so much. I don't know. Maybe I, a poster. I, yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't mind having like if you had like a jam piece of kind of the bigger names doing some work there, and yeah, you could go around getting it signed. Yeah, I guess you, that's yeah, and you, like for a smaller, a small press or a zine fair, you could possibly do something that. Um, if there was creatives who were taking part in it, something that you could photocopy. Do you know what I mean? You mm. could you could do on a smaller scale and just staple together. Yeah. It's the preparation it for the yeah. con. It's a lot of work yeah. on the lead up to, and this would be like an added yeah. extra, I suppose, if you had yeah. time. You know, yeah. if you could do like a black and white one on A4, and it said if you went around and got all the ten figures on there signed by the creators, you got an actual proper poster at the front. Do you think that would work? Well, it's interesting. Do you remember yeah. um, London Super Comic Con? Back yeah. in the day. Yes. Uh, one of the, um, I think it, think it was that, that had like the sort of leaflet brochure in it for the com con. Yeah. And I'm thinking of the one that was in the XL. It was XL, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and that had spaces for signatures, didn't it? I think, if if, if I remember correctly. Uh, okay. Had, like, um, but, and I thought, oh, that's, that's interesting. But how many people do that when you've got everything yeah. else going on? I suppose on also you need to have, the, these days, you need to have that caveat that if you offer them the, the you know that whatever it's called the leaflet or the book for the convention that they don't charge you because yeah. some people do i remember one creator saying look i've got a charge for autographs because it's cost me so much to get here and i think fair enough they're not it's not overly okay. expensive you know um 
some people will charge one thing for one thing and then they'll charge you extra if it's going to be CGC'd. That sort of thing, you know? Yeah. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, can you just say something like, oh, can you just sign this? Is it going to be CGC'd? Nope. Because when you see those, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I'm just not in that game or in that mindset, but if you're at a convention you see people that have, like, boxes of comics to be signed. Yeah. I just think, don't do it, man. I mean, if I was a, if I was a creator, certainly, on, on that sort of level where people bring over boxes, you know, I'd say, well, I'm doing five and that's it. You know, yeah. You know, a lot of people so do much... say that, don't they? Yeah. yeah. A lot of people have that on and say, look, ten only because there's a queue. Yeah. You know, look, yeah, sorry, I think mate, it takes the do. piss out of, like, if other people want to, maybe just want to talk to you and you're you're sitting there signing books so someone can kind of, I don't know, not, and, and not and saying also, that they will flog them on, but... Yeah, the yeah. Cyn- the cynical part of me thinks like that, though, Dan. You know, there's there's one thing to get, oh, I've got five of my favourite books of this run to get this creator signed. But then when you're taking an entire run, uh, I, I always think, are they thinking further down, are they thinking monetarily? Are they, are they going to flog this? Yeah. yeah. You know, because, uh, because if you're going to sell a set on eBay, if they're all signed, then... I, a friend of mine uh, got a night rider around you off of uh, nice. eBay, and yeah. and David Hasselhoff was signed yeah. signing <laughs> somewhere in Croydon. Yeah, a friend of mine. I wish it had been me. And he he gave it to David Hassel to sign, and he says, "You're not going to put this on eBay, are you?" He was like, "No, no." He said, "If you do, I'm going to come find you." <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So, That's all right. Yeah, I don't, don't mind that. Don't, That's funny. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. I mean, I kind of. Okay, it's a nice annual to have. It really is. It's going on the shelf, nice. like super production values, mm. you know, and really nicely made. What um, content-wise was it? People doing strips or kind of like one? No, page single pin-ups? page pinups. Yeah. Okay, yeah, interpretations of different characters. And then it's just, it, isn't it? It's yeah. just a nice little art book, then, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, that's exactly that's all it is, man. And it's also lovely hardback. Uh, it's slightly larger than A4, which meant I could put some of my commissions in it, and it, they got protected. Oh, on the way yeah, 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 yeah. So that was nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. I'm, so I'm, now that I'm sort of free and you know free and clear, and I've had a chat with the boys about how much we enjoyed each thing. You know, me, me, Stroy and Cliff did all did both conventions. Um, I sort of shout got out to Cliff Gumber and Matt Strott, friends. Matt yes. Strott, yeah, yeah, just been chatting to them. I'm seeing Cliff on uh, Cliff on Where Wednesday for a bit of dinner. Is he still yeah. here? Yeah, of course. He is. Yeah, he's in the country. We saw them both yeah, on yeah. Uh, the drinking draw. <laughs> Cliff did a cartoon comic strip about you, yeah. and I've got it. He sent it to me on Twitter, so I'll, maybe I'll pop that this week because it's great. Uh, that's good, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I, not that, not that I've, you know, we have discussed it, but this is my opinion purely of it. I think um, I found Baltimore to be a. F- it's a weird thing to say, and it, this might be down to just to my age, but I found Baltimore to be friendlier. Um, okay. Not that Warren didn't come around, who runs SPX. I mean, he kept coming around the table. He's friends with Sam, so he kept coming around the table and, and just having a laugh and taking the piss out of us, you know. Um, but I found. Um, SPX to be a slightly closed off crowd. Uh, okay. Not everyone. I think there's there's a bit of like, oh, we do these comics. We're not into that sort of comics feel. Does that make mm. sense? Yeah. But yeah, I think Baltimore had of anyone could table at Baltimore and be part of it. I think. Mm. Um, okay. So a little bit of elitism, would you say? Uh, a little bit of sort. I don't know. That might be a good word, but I think maybe just yeah. it's they see themselves as a, more of a niche hobby yeah does that make okay. sense yeah so the the awards at um spx were i mean you, the three of us talk about comics what 10 times a day every day we read comics like multiple times every day mm. you know yeah. we've been doing this podcast for years and they're half of the books i've never heard of in the awards right, okay. categories mm. yeah that's uh, what i'm not I saying that we, sometimes 
Some well, it's nice to find stuff. And I'm not actually totally sure about the quality of a lot of them. But, I was, you know, I did feel like saying, well, there's a lot of comics out there, guys. You, you seem to be limiting yourself to one little yeah. crowd. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, I found some people a little bit snooty yeah. at okay. that one. Um, and unlike I did at Baltimore. But it yeah. may be just because I'm a certain, me, me and I'm East Roy and Cliff are men of a certain age, you know. Um not to say there was loads, I mean, there was loads of men. God, my favourite person of the whole weekend is Steve Laffler. You know, our buddy now. Um, more of him later, possibly. But, you know, I don't I don't think it didn't apply to everyone. You yeah. know, Eddie Campbell and all these sort of people were super friendly to everyone. Yeah, because um, I and also I, I think um, <clears throat> community attitude might be the wrong way to put it. But certainly if, um, like you're saying, there's a certain... I don't want to say snooty either, but you know what I mean? That's that sort of... It yeah. can work both ways as well. Sometimes you have, like, you know, the more superhero... You know, people who do a different style of comics might not feel comfortable within the sort of the superhero mainstream, you know, that kind of that kind of world. But Yeah, which maybe I, they I, should I, they should give it a go because they might yeah. find they are, you and know? I, I, think think sometimes... I think it's counterproductive. I would hope that, you know... If it, there is a show that is full of like the more mainstream, you know, horror superheroes and all of that, you know, that kind of stuff, um, that the more um, zany independent stuff, a couple of those will do really well because it's a different flavour, it's something different. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, maybe, it's, I that, think maybe, maybe that's not the case, but. Well, I think maybe I got my nose bad. You went a bit early on. So, I mean, like I say, I got there early. Me and Sam had a bit of breakfast, and then we we were desperately to, to make, we were desperate to, because Sam had only arrived late the night, the previous night. So, we're both yeah. like, you know, tired and, and we're desperate to make sure the books had arrived firstly. Um, yeah. So we went there and we were 10 minutes early and there was, there was a lady on the desk sort of handing out passes and stuff. Um, and she was sort of in full flow, you know, laughing and joking with the people ahead of us. Um, and then we said, Oh, we just want it. We're, we're from this company. We just want to make sure our books arrive. Do you mind if we go and check? And she just went nine o'clock. Uh, That's all she said. And I'm like, right. Okay. Uh, all right. Fair enough. Mate. Uh, go back to having yeah. a laugh with your friends. You know, it's a bit like that. I think maybe. Yeah, so I think, yeah. I think maybe okay. that just put my nose out of joint a little bit. I think maybe. Yeah. Yeah. If you try um, and not let stuff like that put you off yeah. or get you down to but, the ring. But saying that, everyone who came to the table and you know either just chatted or bought a book or anything. I mean, one lady just sort of sat there on the on the floor next to the table and, and read a book, and you know, it was just it. Everyone was the nicest people who came to the table. Mm. I think maybe Lovely. the. The issue might have been just with a few of the sort of niche creators. It was very sort of cliquey, I suppose. But it's inevitable. It's comics in it, man. Yeah, you know I mean? it's a yeah, comics yeah. Event, You know, it's a collection yeah. of different personalities. You have the yeah, you know, you, crowds. You, you find your people in, in some kind of ways, don't you? Like, yeah. Um, um, from that point of view, though, the I mean, so, so it's the best, almost the best. I think we did a couple of LCAFs where um, books flew out the door. But then again, that is a you know a no-brow festival. But the um, I've, I've it's rare that I've seen books fly out the door like that. So really? we sold it. We we sold every single book we own. We took That's to awesome. the convention. That's amazing. Which is when has that ever happened? You know, um, um, we had we we had a few like a little tiny pile of like six or seven books at the end of the day, and and we sold them to a comic shop, a local comic shop, um, and they took them away, which was nice. And then we had a picture of me and Sam at the start of the weekend with this table, like, you know, piled full of books. And then a picture of me and him. Well, we tried this is uh, we tried to have a picture at the end of the weekend, which was me and him standing in front of an empty table. And unfortunately, I gave my phone to um, 
to Falpy to take the picture. And then when he handed it back and I checked later, all it was was close-ups of my face that he'd taken a picture of because he thought it was funny. But that's just... <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> he's, funny. so he's taken away that moment for you uh, for all time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that's like, do you remember that time I said, oh, me and him were in Toronto and I said, uh, take take a picture of me with all the background and everything, you know, and, he's, he, and all he did was take a picture of something else that was behind me. Do you remember that picture? Yeah, well, I, to be honest... <laughs> Don't give him your, your phone. I know. It's my mistake. Yeah, it's my mistake. All he did all the weekend was take pictures of me and um, Cliff and Sam and Tyrell from a distance doing stupid things like scratching our head or something. And there's one photograph I found where I caught him and it's just me giving him the finger from a distance. Yeah. <laughs> Tyrell had a really good weekend as well, didn't he? I think Mate, was, uh, what a dude. What a nice dude. So... He's. I don't. I don't. No, it's Tyrell. I'd liked his book. He sent it to me. Um, I got. I got it sent through as an early copy. You know, pre pre release. Um, and his new book, Vern, came out, Custodian of the Universe. And um, and he sat there. And usually we have creators. It depends who the creator is, to be fair. But so usually they do like an hour here and there at the table sketching in a book. But he drew in every single book. And we had. He was surrounded like a massive castle of turrets around his signing area with his own book. <laughs> and he sat there he kept saying to me I'm going to go for a walk and then someone I said oh, would you mind quickly doing this one he had no problem sat down again drew it and he never got away from the table but because of that he just became involved in art because we had Cliff and Strotty and Falpy and Eddie and all these sort of guys come and you know um, sit behind the table and have a laugh with us and he just became involved in the uh, shenanigans put it that way um, and I gave him a copy of Viz to read on the train home awesome. and he messaged me on the way home saying this is brilliant I love it. You know, he was a big fan of the in-betweeners. So I think he kind of got, he Excellent. likes that humor. Mm. Um, and um, the nice the mate, fucking watch out for him. Fucking love it. And he, he's an intri- he, he said something really interesting. He texted us this morning saying, I found it hugely inspirational being there. Um, and he was being, I'm not going to say exposed to, but he was being shown comics from all different areas. So, so for example, Eddie would come over with, you know, his sort of quite outre, um, transgressive you know strangers publications and we showed him some of the tribute stuff and i showed him dog boy from laffler and i showed him some um josh bayer books as well and he you know he that amazing different kind of art was being plugged into him and he was by the end of the weekend he was saying it's really it's really got me motivated to to do something a little more different with the follow-up and stuff like that really really good yeah really pleasing to have a guy and reactions like that um Yeah, that was good. And then Sam went on to do some, I think he went to do some talks at art schools. And he, I think he, was there a hurricane? I think he just, just missed the hurricane on wow. the way home. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was lucky. But yeah, mate, I mean, for our scene, I think if you're of a certain, I know we talked about this last week, didn't we? We talked about that mm. sort of, um, there's, there's there's some sort of new age manga, there's some um, autobio, there's some underground, there's some real sort of strangely done indie um stuff i think if you're in that sort of crowd i think sbx would be a good one i mean not everyone sold out i know eddie did at strangers and falpy sold out of electric chair in day one um but i think there were some people who you know complaining about lack of sales but i think it's a it's a good place to get your book out there and um, people turn up at the table i think which is slightly different maybe to thought bubble which isn't known as a big selling convention um but has the similar crowd that crowd there will also buy I suppose is different. They're looking to cut. You know, when we had people spend three hundred dollars on books in one in one in one buy, you know, at the table, um, so they were filling up their car boots. Like, Man, that's impressive. Boots, yeah. yeah, 
And and the other one we had, um, which is quite interesting, we had librarians come around. So the libra- librarians in America are a massive mafia. Yeah, they can make and break a book. They have all these festivals going. They get their books into sort of you know legions of of um, their libraries, and that can you know really make a book. Sometimes it has to be the right kind of book. For example, Hilda would be the ideal case study mm. in our you yeah. know, or maybe in Waves or something like that. I think probably. Josh Bayer's books, probably, as much as I love the dude, probably not. But, you know, this or, for example, Tribute Press books, I'm going to say aren't going to be great for a library unless you want to close the library. Um, but, yeah, I think and they they came. We, we easily had 10 people come up to the table who were like, oh, I'm a local librarian. I'm a part of this group. You know, I'm, we're looking to get our stock of your books. There's a bit of that going on as well, which was really useful as a way of um, outreach for your books because necessarily they don't buy them at the table, but they will order them off the site and you can arrange for them to be shipped specially, stuff like that, you know. Um, so there's a lot of that going on. Nice, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's re- like uh, we kind of hear about stuff about like the Scholastic and the librarians having so much yeah. power, and not power, but you know they can kind of get books in front of people because they yeah. they've got that kind of buying ability. Yeah. I which think is, I think uh, yeah, definitely. I think the big thing is, and it's something we've experienced as well as a group is um, conventions are seventy five percent the company. Yeah, yeah, we. We we've been to some of the worst conventions in the world, but we've had a laugh because it's been the three of us, yeah. You know? Or you know, with, with Tom as well, and yeah, Sarah yeah. And all these sort of people, you know. You sort of I make mean, it, make it, didn't you? If you yeah, if you not, do, yeah, yeah. And it was definitely the company, you know, Sam, Tyrell, um, Cliff, Strotty, Adam, Eddie, Steve. You know, it was, it was that little crew that really made it for us. I think that's why it was so funny. You know yeah. what we're like. We we did, we literally laugh nonstop when we were at a convention. It was like that. Totally. I think. Yeah. yeah, that's why I enjoyed it so much. I really came off a high from it. From both. I don't want to be. I don't want to knock SPX. I just. I didn't feel quite as home there. I suppose. Okay. As I did at Baltimore, but you know, I was coming off a real real high of a weekend of comics chat. You know, I mean, we we finished sun. We finished uh, on the Sunday because it, it closes at six on the Sunday, and um, we couldn't get an Uber. Um, because we had to go, me and Sam had to go all the way back to Baltimore to the hotels there. Um, and we couldn't get an Uber for about an hour and a half. So we ended up getting back to Baltimore for like half nine and found a restaurant that was willing to serve us, you know, and <laughs> oh. just just sat there like exhausted, sweaty messes eating a pizza, you know, for, uh, for crashing out. Um, that sounds like a convention, all right. Yeah, doesn't it? It really yeah. does. Do you sound like on yeah. the way back, you got quite a bit of sleeping? So it was all right. Yeah. So, shall I do the story about the the trip back? (laughs) Because it leads into our next subject, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 You're right. Any questions? Any any thoughts about that? No, no, no. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, So, um, I flew back the Monday overnight um, and went through security and was sat there putting my shoes back on uh, after the, you know, the metal detector. And I looked to my left and there's uh, Mark Buckingham from Fable sitting there. So, yeah, (laughs) not not being a shrinking violet, I decided to say, hello, Mark. I'm really enjoying Fables. When's it end? Are you going to do any more? And he's gone. Yeah. He's like he's gone. Oh fucking hell! Nice. He says, "Oh, he says no. We're doing, going to de- definitely do some more and all this sort of things." So I think that's right. So I'd, I'd paid for um, a, a ticket for the lounge. It's worth doing, guys. You go to the airport, always get the lounge. So you go to the lounge <laughs> and they you get coffee and that, and uh, they come and tell you when your flight's ready and that sort of thing. And it's it's better than sitting in those stupid chairs, you know, surrounded by bing bong noises and stuff. So I'm sitting there, and then he walks and he says, "Oh." He says, do you mind if I join you? I said, no, of course not, man. And I'm thinking, yeah, the art, the artist from one of my favourite comics wants to join me. I'm going to say, no, mate, you know, sorry. <laughs> someone's, someone's sitting there, you know. Um, and he comes out and sits down. And um, so we sat, there for, we sat there for two hours talking about comics. He showed me 
um, a load of double page spread. Oh, you like this, Dan? Because he showed me this, these pages he's drawing. I don't think you mind. Show me these pages he's drawing from an, an upcoming Miracle Man issue. And uh, and there's a tram in it, right? So what did I say, Dan? Any wow. guesses? There's a tram I, in it. I said, is that Croydon? <laughs> of course he did. Yeah. And like we talked about last week, we always say things that we regret and all haunt us for yeah. the rest of our lives. And he went, no, it's Sydney. I went, oh, yeah, thought so. Yeah. <laughs> immediately. <laughs> yeah. and immediately fucks it up. I love <laughs> it. And, um, it reminds me of the, the, what you said about Cliff. Yeah, last week. I know. I know. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it was just lovely. And we talked about conventions and, you know, his plans and this new, your new work he wants to do. And, we sat there and it, and because you can go in that you can get beers and stuff, so we're getting drinks sitting down and you know, that sort of thing. And then he goes, oh, I'm just gonna go for a week. Do you mind, do you mind looking after your bag? Do you mind looking after my bag? And I went, That's fine, yeah, leave it there and I'll go through it while you're in the loop just for a laugh. I said that because I say stupid things, don't you? you know? Yeah, and he goes, Oh, no, don't do that because I was going to give you a couple of prints out of it. And I thought, This is the best day ever, you know. So <laughs> he comes back and signs like a death print and uh, another one and hands them to me. And uh, I said, Mark, I've got to take a picture of you. Because no one will believe they'll think it's my usual bullshit. You know? That's all, yeah. Yeah. So I took a picture of him holding it. It was great. And then um, we're literally across the plane from each other on the flight back. And he's like, he's, he's in one side, and I'm in side. And then on the way back, we went and collected our bags together. And uh, I got to meet his <laughs> nanny. You'd come to pick him up and stuff. And yeah. How's that brutal. for a journey back, eh? How yeah, is that's that great. You? That <laughs> yeah. is great. Yeah. So good. Yeah. What a lovely guy. Yeah. 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 Um, I Someone's... don't think he's a big podcast fan or anything because he'd never heard of us. Obviously, or anyone who has ever listened to a podcast, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gonna, gonna yeah. Yeah. No, no one's heard of us. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. What a fucking nice cap to the weekend, really. That's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Great yeah. stuff. And it's yeah. and his um, artwork looks amazing. Yeah. Um, and it. He's a he's a name that is in the sort of community yeah. eye at the moment, isn't it? It's not peripherally, isn't he? Because. No. Um, and I asked him about this. He said he's not. He says the copyright for because it's creator owned fables is owned by Bill William. Which yes, is where we're going with this now. Um, yeah. So, did you want to talk about that bit, Dan? I know it's the one you you thought might be worth mentioning. Yeah, well, kind of like there, there was some. This kind of came out of nowhere because I, I didn't realize. Kind of, it seems fables has kind of been caught up a bit with DC, and there's a whole thing with uh, Bill's been putting up online about saying. He's trying to get somewhere with this, and he just keeps on getting fucking stonewalled. And he, yeah. this anyone he's talking to at DC gets brushed off or passed over, and it's just going round and round and round. He's finding it very frustrating. So essentially, he just came out and said, "Right, Fables is now a uh, public domain. Anyone can do yeah. whatever they want with it." And I was like, "Wow, fuck you know, that's quite a move because that's a ballsy move." Yeah, that's like fucking nuking everything, isn't it? Like, yeah. right, I'm not going to get anything from this, but neither are you. Because I think Mark put it on the Slack, didn't he? And everyone to a man was, that's massive. That is fucking massive. Yeah, that's a mm. big move. That's and a ballsy yeah. like, governor move, that is. And we, to, we when when I mentioned it, you know, I've, I've sort of been promoting as much as I can fables of like, yeah. last year or so. The I've been saying you never see it pushed anywhere. Nah, you nah. never see press for it. Mm. And maybe that was part of his frustration. I don't know that for sure, but, I'll, but I can only guess it. It still sells really well, doesn't it? I mean, it's still. Well, I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, it, yeah. it's got to be an evergreen for them because it's in its like third iteration of yeah. trade paperbacks, and you know. Yeah, I think it's that kind of. Uh, I don't want to call it infantile. Well, I will call it infantile. Like, oh, they're on the other side of the aisle to me, so I can't. 
Yeah, because I think you can't he's, talk uh... about it or promote it. It's like, well, mate, come on. I mean, I don't, I, but then again, I don't know his politics. I'm not interested in his no, politics. Exactly, I'm interested yeah. in his comics. Is but his, but yeah. certainly yeah. because um, that book, that IP, um, and everything attached to it has been a money maker for them. Mm. Whether it be mm. getting, they're still going to publish it. It just means that other yeah. people can make comics about it yeah. as well. You can yeah. do whatever. Yeah, you can pretty much do whatever you want with it. Uh, well, yeah. DC have contested that, right. but someone else pointed out the fact that in every book. Is what does it, this copyright belongs to? Him, when you, so. Yeah, when you get down to the legal nitty gritty, who knows? Depending on contracts and everything else, it's you know, I wouldn't even I mean, begin to know. But if you want to put a fables book out on Kickstarter and then go head to head yeah. with the DC legal team, you go yeah, for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> one one thing I I think I can say with some sort of not authority, but a situation like this doesn't happen. Unless there's a massive failure in communication or something, God, happened. yeah, it's to get to that point where the, the frustration must have built up to a point where it's like, oh, this on, is untenable. I on can't a known do title, yeah. on a known yeah. successful title, whether it, you know, even if it didn't sell very much now, that there was a decade or so when that book was <laughs> just all guns blazing. Mm. Fables, yep. we all know what fables is, and uh, whether you, you know. People can say, "Oh, well, you know, they're just using Little Red Riding Hood. They're using all these, all these classic folklore tales." But it's the way it's, it, they've crafted it into something. It's, yes. it's, it's something else. Yeah, there's there's a dense history and narrative yeah. to that now because yeah. you know you don't just have what is it twenty odd trades for fables at this point. You also have um, the fairest. You have Cinderella. You have Jack of Fables, which I think is about ten trades. Mm. You know, it's, yeah. it's it's a good few th- shelves of your bookshelf. Yeah, the the, the fables universe. Yeah. You know, and there was a video game. Although yeah. I think he's saying from the video game, he he wasn't asked about it and he made no money from it. I think. Yeah, I mean that wouldn't surprise me. Um, yeah. Certain certain adaptions and things like that happening without a, a creator's cons- consent is a is a funny word to use, but um, <laughs> yeah. but certainly Anyways. when it comes when it comes yeah when it comes to adaptions and things like that, there are. They just can go ahead. They just go ahead and do these things, don't they? How many times have mm. we heard a creator going, "Yeah, I had nothing to do with that." When you think yeah. that they do, you think, "Oh yeah. God!" Yeah. You, I mean, it could. I wonder if any of our listeners out there have made a faux pas when you just sort of said, "Oh, I love that version of this," and the creator's gone, "Yeah, I had nothing to I'm do with me. that." I know it's embarrassing, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, we've done it on this fucking show. We've done on this on many interviews. It's just, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, our hands are not playing, and we're not. Yeah, so <laughs> clean as it were. It's certainly, um, it, it's a fascinating situation. Um, and it's interesting more... to see how it develops. There's, yeah. there's axes mm. to, that appear to be ground against him. You know, it's it's the whole thing, isn't it? it? We, on the face of it, we look at it, we have a chat about it on the Slack. We all, you know, to a man, it, uh, people of all different backgrounds and countries and political beliefs and everything. We go, this is really interesting. Yeah, I think this is likely going to be a good move. Yeah. Um and then suddenly someone fucking on the internet decides no he once liked a tweet that I don't like therefore he's a villain and it what? all comes crashing around it just it turns just turns nasty. And it, it? and it's 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 funny sometimes like these defenses that crop up for these big publishers and corporations Matt, that are oh, totally fuck I know yeah. I don't mad. get it. Like one yeah. one minute they're sort of saying oh the image union that's fucking great like power to the people like all this stuff. And the next minute someone does this and he goes oh this is terrible. What's he doing this for? Yeah. So, well, you, these surely this is like in the same ballpark as the stuff yeah. you're for. I mean, th- so this, what's this the problem sort of, here? This, this sort of move 
this i mean uh, you know uh, take everything out of it um if you can i know that's fairly impossible but if you just look at it black and white on paper this is a creator basically taking away every kind of profit in in mm. some kind of ways from it so they're not they're not it's not like they've done they've said right there's a certain copyright now so even if anyone even said the word fables i get five dollars for that do you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, um, no, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's yeah. almost the the polar opposite of, of things but like it's that. akin to someone like bob dylan going yeah cover my cover my songs i want i want to hear what you're doing with them go ahead yeah, or yeah. michael mortcock going oh you can use the eternal champion stuff go ahead yeah. i really want to see what you do with it you know yeah. it's just akin to and that. there's no no claim on it whatsoever from any kind of corporation yeah. to make money out of it yeah yeah and Which william's is- got to be in his I'm going to say mid sixties, isn't he? At this point, you know, he's he's probably made a few quid out of fables at this point, and yeah. he's thinking, ah, no, go on, I'll give everyone else yeah. a chance, have a look at it. Fuck you, DC, let's just get on with it, you know. And you've got these people who, you know, who um, who will rail about DC and the Watchmen rights and all this sort mm. of thing, and you think this guy's just said no, go on, yeah, it's just well, down to him, man, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. it's the fact that like digging through, his... what's really suspicious about all that stuff is like it's not just come out of nowhere. Suddenly, like there's like, it, yeah. it's like they've all been galvanized into action to sort of say, right, we've got to take this guy down. And it's yeah. like, well, wh- where's this coming from? I think part of it's jealousy of attention. I think a lot of these people are jealous that someone else is being seen as more virtuous than them. Well, we 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 know that there's that uh, the Valerie, uh, I can't remember her surname now, the creator who said like a lot of people were using like. Uh, certain things as a cudgel to take out potential rivals yes, and rivals yeah. so and the, the, she's an ex-DC editor I forget yeah. her name as well but she was saying she saw it happen over and over again where someone there's a few people up for a writing gig you know or they know they're going to be up to write something so they use they go through their tweets or you okay. know find something and then you know just kick it out in order to I mean that off them as a fucking competitor as yeah. consumers and readers that's at our detriment because yeah, of course. Then it's yeah. not about like the, how skilled the creator is. It's like how much backstabbing can it's, people yeah, do yeah. to it, get them out of the way. It's dangerous times, isn't it? it yeah, well, dangerous is a strong word for it. You're a hero um, till someone decides you're a villain these yeah, days. Yeah. 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 Um. Because let's face it, on the whole, outside of the the community bubble, there's a lot of consumers of this stuff that um it may break a lot of hearts when I say it, but they don't care. They just Mate, want to, they just want to read the yeah. books. And there's a lot of us who used to be active and now yeah. don't care. Yeah. We like, just want to I, read good comics. Yeah, the, yeah. The, what you're saying there is like the detriment is like you're getting out substandard product and then people are like, well, what? this is not what I want. Like, this is yeah. poor. Yeah. So the quality's poor. And mm. c- certainly um, it's interesting for me, like the ownership of this and, and the mm. discussion about that. That's what's fascinating to me about yes. it. Um, and how it will develop onwards as well is yeah. why I'm finding it interesting, yeah. what people will do with it. I think that's an interesting fact. Because there, I mean, you... there are levels of the ownership, aren't there? I mean, if you if you take, you know, the publisher says, well, you can't do this, but the creator's like, well, actually, I can because it's mine. It reminds me of, uh, in some ways, um, Bill Waterson, Calvin and Hobbes. Yes. The publisher mm. was probably like, we can make soft toys of this. We could do this. And he, yeah. he always like, no. No. And that frustrated the hell out of, let's face it, tens of millions of dollars that did not get made because that that creator about this creation said no i and and for that there's a part of me that was like 
Oh, yeah, there's a good, there's I, a good I would have liked so, a soft massive. toy, uh, but there's, yeah. there's, 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 there's a good and like, a bad side of that yeah. coin, aren't they? That's yeah. the thing. You know, yeah. there always will be. Of course yeah. there always will yeah. be. I'm not naive enough to think that, you know, everything that is now made by fans about Fables is going to be amazing, because it's not. There's going to no. be some, like, close-up brown eye in there Loads somewhere. Right? Do you know what I mean? yeah. Yeah. But, like, if you... I, I don't know what... If you can make the characters look like the characters, What what's the... Rem- I don't know... Yeah. I presume someone a lot smarter than me and more versed in this subject would be able to say. I suppose it's it's including in the stars. And a lot of the characters are, are copyright free anyway, aren't they? Yeah. You know? But and you can make a Snow White comic, but it does because she can't have a fucking yellow dress I mean, and black we, hair and a blue we, top like Disney yeah, version. Yeah, yeah, we've seen. I mean, Lord knows in the independent comics circles with these fairy tale or folklorish yeah. characters. I'm many, doing it myself with Hercules, aren't I? Ha, yeah. yeah. How many Robin Hoods have we seen? How many? Yeah. You know, it, some good, some bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can't wait to see another thing about one of the a fairy tale princess, and they draw her in lingerie. Let's have more of those fucking comics. <laughs> I think they're Fuck all on. Uh, uh, they're all on uh, Kickstarter. Hear, hear that, folks? Uh, yeah. There's a book that Dan wants to read. So make it. Uh, well, yeah. it's been made many times. <laughs> yeah, but it sounds like you want more, Dan. Yeah, we, well, we're all about giving people what they want on this show. Exactly. <laughs> I was sort of going halfway through that. Is that what am I saying? <laughs> I was hoping you were going to go there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But seriously, so, yeah, there's lots of those comics. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm intrigued about the whole, um, not the legal aspect, because that makes it sound like um, I have a brain that can contemplate that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, but how, but how that plays out. How that but don't forget out. that legal aspect is going to be different per country that it's applying in as well. Yes. yes. Yeah. 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 So and you can make those comics all day long in Turkey. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Usually it comes down to the day when it all started, the day when you signed on the dotted line. Yeah. What did you say? You know, Read that's that one contract. Of, that's one of the reasons. I mean, Marvel is as Marvel does. And a lot of creators who have created characters, you know, they know going into it now that Marvel have it down to a certain... Yeah, got a save, you, save you good stuff for Image. Well, yeah. what happened to that saying, fucking, yeah. the Ghost Rider creator guy who tried to get that from Marvel? Saying yeah. I want to, and he, they just fucked him. Like, now he can't even mention the fact that he's anything to do with it. There's um, there's a whole podcast in that, in that dude, man, I'll tell yeah. you now. Yeah. I read one of his novels recently in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. So if you um, kind of like, go, what are you going to do if you go up against the Disney court yeah, lawyers? Yeah. I believe like, there, there was a word balloon episode with a um, lawyer guy talking about that particular thing, wasn't there? Oh, uh, was there? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just I, uh, I bought I bought a bootleg Ghost Rider comic, which uh, was quite interesting. I got given mm-hmm. it by Eddie actually. Eddie from Strangers said, "Oh, do you fancy?" Okay. Yeah, how cool is that looking? Nice. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about Ghost Rider. That's the, I don't know why. Um, Thinking about Ghost Rider when you were talking about the comic house stuff, Dan, because I, I was thinking, has there been a sort of Sleepy Hollow like take on like Ghost? You know, some yeah. Well, he was uh, he was on a horse originally, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, but you know, has there been a sort of uh, Marvel Sleepy Hollow like take? Because it's such a it's such a popular thing with the American audience, isn't it? That that sort of folklorish tale. Um, I've got a pitch for you. Go on. Nineteen seventies London, Quadrophenia. Ghost Rider. Oh yes, Ghost Rider. On yeah. a moped. So, w- young mod gets absolutely fucked over. Boom. Becomes the spirit of vengeance. On a, yeah. on, a, on a Vespa. Goes around doing all the greases. Yeah. Yeah. Does he, he have sex one. with that lady in the back alleyway in Brighton? Like well, There's the Ash from... Uh... There's the Ash. Yeah, I remember we speeded that up when we first had a video yeah. player at the boarding house. We watched that a load of times. All right, you can put that in there if you want. I don't mind. Yeah. Go for well, it. Uh, talk about... A bit of green onions. Bit. There it is. There, there is. there is the reference that some of our audience won't get. But Quadrophenia... <laughs> Quadrophenia, Phil, Phil, from each, 
Phil from EastEnders, isn't that? Do you know that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. God. And uh, what's Sting from Scum. Oh, Ray, Ray Winston. Winston. Yeah, he's yeah. got a big part in it, isn't he? Yeah. Sting's in it as well, isn't he? Bellboy. Oh, God, has this become... Let's move on from Quadrophenia. Quadrophenia. Yes. I might have disrailed that there. Yeah. That <laughs> yeah. What were we talking about? Yes, interesting times in the world of comics. Um, but I think without further ado, I think it's... Uh, Tony, you brought up a name a couple of times, so we've got a little yeah. bit of audio for people. Do you want to um, feed it in? Well, hopefully this will be the first of maybe another another time because um, Steve's bang up for coming on. Um, so the weekend was spent in the company of all the people I mentioned, along with um, comics fucking legend Steve Laffler. Now, um, I mentioned him his books a few times. He's just had released uh, Dog Boy, Choice Cuts and Happy Endings, um, which he, he kick-started. But uh, he's, got a, he's got a pull list on the back by a certain saucy podcast as well, which is quite cool. Hey. Um, let me just... Now, I was thinking about how am I going to introduce this interview, but I think I was reading the back blurb on this book and i'm going to read it because it gives you a good sense of what steve's about steve laffler bohemian cartoonist taps into his unconscious mind and finds his inner dog boy an unruly man child equipped with a golden retriever head reared on the incandescent comic book in- in- innovations of jack kirby coming of age in the subsequent explosion of underground comics laffler sets out to chart his own inky journey Marked by a shattering ego-death experience behind psilocybin on the cusp of adulthood, the artist roots around in his psyche, utilising an improvisational, unscripted cartoon method, pumping out page after page of comics, pencilled in a thick, non-photo blue line. Laffler furiously swings at a vision of the simulneity of, of all action, reaching for the gold ring deep inside. Readers encounter a critique of wage slavery, plenty of strong coffee, a bit of beer guzzling, and a healthy dose of dose of lowbrow slapstick on this cartoon roller coaster ride. Laffler's early career improvisations saw uh, and at all turns fall flat, but, and saw and it turns fall flat. But it's well worth the coin to join him on these good-natured, spelunking expeditions of the heart. That's. <laughs> That's, that's the best back blurb that's I've the back ever of read. The book. Jesus Christ. That's the back of the book. How that's cool like is that? That's like a foreword. Yeah. And then, then some crazy person has written, ferociously anarchic. When I finally read this series, I was ashamed it had taken me so long. Mr. L's style and art epitomizes to me what an underground comic should be. He takes chances and never plays it safe. Get on this. That's the Awesome Comics podcast quote. Paul Cart on the back. But, um, I mean, Steve... We, we went. We spent a lot of time with Steve. Um, I know he's a hero of foul piece as well. And, and we all went around and had a chat with him at his table. And um, he, he came out for dinner and told us stories about Robert Crumb and playing, playing in the band with with Fleena and Mary Fleena. And you know, just you just sit there with your gob open, listening to these stories of his. You know, and he has a really interesting approach to comics where he just gets on the page and gets on with it, which I think there's a space for in underground comics. You know, we see this sort of tight plotting, don't we, in graphic novels and image books and marvel arcs and stuff like that or you'd like to hope so but in this there's a there's a real instinctual attack on a page um and it it it's vi- visually very very punk very strong but he, he knows how to draw as well he also talks a little bit about um 1956 which is a book we recommended about a year ago um which has um a, a progressive trans elements into it that you know um, which are really interesting and dealt with very sensitively uh, in a book about the um, the sort of jazz age and New York salesmen and stuff like that. Re- really interesting. Um, 
get on anything. You can you can find the, some of the wrong print on demand on Amazon. You can find it on there. But uh, I think Steve speaks better than I will about his approach to comic in. And also at the end there, which is something I've started doing now, is you know we did that question thing, like, like instinctually answer this question, which we yes. did a few weeks ago, didn't we? Mm. Um, I pull a couple of questions on him like that as well and see how he copes. Yeah, in- interesting results. But uh, I've yet to hear this. So yeah, have a have a listen to. Uh, so it's slightly noisy because we're on the convention floor, but I think it's fairly listenable. Have a listen to uh, me chatting to Steve Laffler at SPX. Okay, I'm here with uh, Steve Laffler, who um, came out for dinner with us last night. And that was a lot of fun, you know. I mean, we almost paid a uh, hundred dollars plus uh, per plate, but you know, moved on to that known place. We can blame Cliff for that. So Cliff booked a restaurant. We all sat down, happy few. We finally got to sit down, and it turned out to be like the most expensive restaurant in the state, pretty much. Yeah. So we like ran off, and we found a decent place in the end, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. no, that was great. That was great. You know, had a. I mean, that was. That was good, you know. Yeah, it was good. Spot. Good fun. Yeah, yeah, good fun. Now, good, good to talk to all you guys too, and you know, hang out really. Oh, mate. But, but well, the opposite is very true because uh, you regaled us the stories of indie comics, and you've been about in the scene since I'm going to say the light, late seventies. Uh, well, yeah, I kind of I was in college doing a college strip at uh, UMass Amherst in the late seventies, kind of like making uh, all my bad writing and bad art uh, work to get, you know, my 10,000 hours in or whatever. Yeah. And then, yeah, I put out, started putting out comic books. I did Mean Cat in 1981 was my first one. Run of a Thousand with a, a badly uh, screen printed cover, but at least I used this garish uh, purple and hot pink ink, so it sold out. <laughs> so where would you sell that? Was it like head shops and stuff like that, was it? Or? Yeah, you know, I tried to sell it to uh, the distributors, but they wouldn't take it because... You know, it had a little bit of an amateurish feel to it, although it, it did have a, a, a pretty dynamic, great cover, even if it was like a bad screen printing job. But, um, yeah, the, the distributors of the time, uh, Capital City, I guess Diamond was just starting, even Last Gasp, uh, you know, they, they gave me positive feedback, but they didn't go for it. One distributor, Glenwood, bought, bought it. They bought 400 of those. They paid me and promptly went bankrupt. You know, uh, how many distributors <laughs> does it take to screw in a light bulb? Uh, you know, <laughs> you don't one, bankrupt one, them. Yeah, you? one, yeah, yeah, one yeah. distribute and three to go bankrupt. You know, that was the 80s. <laughs> yeah. So, but you carried on. I know you had a brief, a brief period in when you were in Mexico. You didn't quite do so much, but you've pretty much carried on since then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was in uh, Mexico for uh, 07 to 2016. Uh, I did put out uh, El Vocho during that time, and I did a couple print-on-demand-only collections with uh, CO2 Comics, uh, what was left of Kamiko, who uh, really? were a big okay. imprint for a while. Yeah, uh, yeah Bill and Jerry, I love those guys. Uh, but yeah, we did we did print-on-demand collections with Bug House and Dog Boy, and uh, I toured on the, uh, the Bug House collection in uh, 2012, had a lot of fun, met a lot of great people. But, uh, yeah, you know, since they did not have a barcode on those books, they, they were not going to the book trade. So, consequently, you know, I finally got around to putting them back into print with a barcode myself in the last yeah. couple of years. So, you've, you've really taken a hold of the whole print-on-demand, Kickstarter, yeah. YouTube videos. I see they go back about four or five years, don't they? You've yeah. been talking about your comics since then. Have you had to sort of relearn the promotion thing, have you? Yeah, a little bit. You know, I've always, I mean, it's funny. Um, I mean, my dad was like a, a business guy, uh, you know, and I, I don't know, he was kind of in marketing and stuff for uh, high-end department stores. And uh, for him, you know, promoting was an art. And so I kind of got a little bit of that from him. I mean, 
I could have sold Buicks, you know, or at least <laughs> I probably would have done better with Toyota. But, uh, but you know, I, I like selling shit, so it's, yeah. it's fun to figure out, you cool. know. So did you want to talk about you, you sort of main books you've got on the go at the moment? Yeah, yeah. that's that's great. Yeah, this, right now it's uh, uh, Dog Boy, Choice Cuts and Happy Endings is a 300-plus uh, page collection of Dog Boy, the comic book I did in the 80s. I, I did a run of seven for myself, then ten on Fantagraphics in the 80s. Now it's uh, gone out to the comic book distributors and the book trade, and I'm taking it around to a few shows here. And, and that's uh, pretty nuts, man. I, lo- I love it. It's, it's one of my favorite things you've done. <laughs> and the ACP have got a pull quote on it. Thank you. Yeah, that's but, right. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for that, Tony. <laughs> yeah, our pleasure, man. Yeah. But it's um, it's kind of you were just drawing it as you went along. There was no sort of grand plan. It's yeah. just his character. It was, it was it a dog's head. It was yeah. very imp- improvisational, you know. When I was a, I was a young man and. Uh, I was interested in sort of like the idea of automatic writing, you know, contacting the, contacting the, the spirits. Uh, you know, I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know if I'm putting this right, but yeah, it was it was totally improvised. I did bits of writing for it if if it flowed, but um, I like to make it up as I go along. Uh, I even read uh, an interview with Crum around the time. He said he doesn't want to know too far ahead what's going to happen because he doesn't want to get bored. And also, uh, I don't know, all, all during. Uh, all during the 80s, uh, louder acid seemed to always figure out where I lived and followed me around. So that helped me with the improvisations. Wow, okay. Yeah. Wow, okay. <laughs> that, and the other one, I've got, I've got a t-shirt of that image, I think. Yeah, yeah. on Off-Red Bubble. Is that that's what's... Yeah, that's, that's a variation on the theme. That's the cover. Uh, that was the first sketch, a preliminary sketch for the cover of uh, Death Plays a Mean Harmonica. Yes. It's like, you know, kind of a sugar skull to take off on a Mexican Day of the Dead, Day of the Dead imagery. And, yeah, that that's the cover of Death Plays a Mean Harmonica. It's sort of like my 150-page uh, graphic novel, kind of my fictionalized report on living in Oaxaca for 10 years and uh, kind of being drafted into being in bands with both expats and Mexicanos. And, uh, you know, and also uh, I moved there when I was 50, and I was, like, kind of contemplating mortality from the point of view of a a 50-year-old to 55, and what better place to contemplate your morality than uh, Mexico, where there's a full acceptance and a sense of humor as well as fatalism about life and death, and uh, they kind of got it right, you know, they, 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 don't, they don't hold it away at arm's length, they look straight at it. Death's a thing there, isn't it, man? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Land of peyote, peyote and... Is that? Yeah, uh, well, that's um, you know, the, I guess in the in the north with uh, uh, in Sonora area, Sonora State, um, there's uh, the Huichol people have their long-standing cult of peyote use. Uh, down down in Oaxaca, you have uh, a couple of different towns: Huatla de Jimenez, where Maria Sabina, the shamanist, was, and then you have uh, San Jose del Pacifico. And, uh, yeah, you can, I mean, they've been uh, using mushrooms ceremonially there for 3,000 years. So you could go. I would, like, I went, like, when I knew my dad was, like, in his final illness, I went to uh, San Jose del Pacifico and, uh, I don't know, you know, just ate a bunch of shrooms and contemplated it. And it really, it really helped me through, uh, you know, accepting his, uh, his imminent demise. It wasn't easy, but, you know, yeah. an interesting thing to do. Do, do you use psychedelics in your work as well, um, you know, uh, I found out when I was a painting major in college and I, uh, through, uh, experimentation, I found out, you know, you can't really make art when you're, when you're tripping, uh, <laughs> because you can't, you know, you, you see that there's this like, you know, 
matrix of decisions to you know you make a decision every three seconds when you're creating art and yeah. you can't do that when you're when you're when you're tripping <laughs> really? oh, but that's interesting yeah. you know you can also uh you know i don't see tripping as recreation so much as like uh you know it's like kind of like you're you're mapping out your psyche and your trajectory and your appreciation of reality and stuff uh so i kind of look at it like that wow. not to say i haven't you know been to like dozens of uh, dead shows tripping balls but you know that was a whole other thing man i love the dead we'll talk the dead one day yeah yeah, yeah. i'm a fan yeah, yeah i miss jerry that's for sure yeah yeah sure we can do with him these days yeah show the, show the kids what's really going on yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. right <laughs> so what have you got on the so you, we we've been at spx so start of our second day here what you what you pushing what you what not pushing because we're not hard sellers are we yeah, yeah. but what have you got on the table and you know yeah you know um I'm, I'm putting out some art i've got a lot of small original pieces that go for like anywhere from 40 to 100 bucks and i've got like a portfolio of pages and uh you know the dog boy books out there and then my most recent books would be uh death plays a mean harmonica also, uh, I've got two books in the 1956 series, two yeah, graphic novels. Yeah, we talked about that on the show, man. I love those books, yeah. No, it's almost you. like jazz scene, but they're, they're quite progressive as well, aren't they, you know? Yeah, well, you know, like when my dad passed a few years ago, I wanted to honor his, his career. Uh, he was a buyer for a, a series of kind of swanky department stores. Yeah. So him and, his, him and his cohort at the time, they're in their mid to late 20s. Every couple few months, they go to New York to buy in the wholesale uh, market, you know, all kinds of stuff for the stores. But, you know, they're, they're guys in their 20s in 1955, 56, 57. So they go, they go to the bars uh, in Midtown, 52nd, 53rd, 54th Street, Johnny Ryan's, uh, all those clubs there. Yeah. You know, they'd see, they'd see uh, you know, people doing everything from swing to uh, bop, hard bop to cool bop. Cool bop was kind of the thing then. Uh, my dad told me he never saw Miles, but he did see Dizzy Gillespie. And, wow. Okay. You know, yeah, so yeah. I, I, it kind of like looks at the Manhattan after Midnight World of the mid-50s. It's a really atmospheric book. And it's got, it almost has two strands of, you've got the, the, the group of businessmen and there's a businesswoman mixed up in there. And then you've got the, the girls Yeah, the, the girls. Town, yeah, they're kind of like, uh, well, there's a character called uh, uh, Ramon Ramona, who's yeah. kind of like a, a trans or non-binary person who wants to be they want to make it in the world of fashion or possibly acting and stuff and then their their girlfriend is uh nikki and she's a writer and but they you know they're like doing trying to do creative things they both find themselves kind of working after midnight yeah and they hook up with the like the guys in the fashion industry and you know a lot of drama ensues yeah it's great so really good yeah (laughs) yeah really good and quite different as well yeah, well, you know, it's just I always I always bring my point of view, which is, uh, you know, it's always a little bent or a little little off. You know, I'm not I never I never try to contrive anything for a market because that's the that's the kiss of um, of yeah. shit. I mean, you can never you know, predict. Yeah, 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 no, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I I've learned to write a script, and that's important, and you know, write, rewrite, and uh, like uh, my wife Serena and I, we met in the early '90s, and. You know, I'd, I'd been improvising my writing for so long, and she was writing short fiction and novels then, and we kind of, we had an ongoing conversation about, about writing, and she helped me a lot get rid of the qualifiers, get rid of all that, like, flowery language, and um, she turned me on to a lot of great writers. Uh, one, of the, one of my faves then was this woman, Dawn Powell, who was writing okay. novels about New York in the 50s and 40s, and 
her stuff really informed Bug House, the whole world of Manhattan at that yeah. at that time. That's great, man. Yeah. That's really good. And the thing is, if anyone wants it, they're available in the UK. A lot of our listeners are UK based. If they want it, all your books are in on Amazon, print on demand. I think, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. They're on, everything's on Amazon, and uh, you can get it print on demand. You just have to you, you put in my name, you know, Steve Laffler, and. Uh, you know, if you put in, you can put in Bug House or Dog Boy and, or 1956, and they'll, they'll come up. And, yeah, and they uh, get delivered really quickly on that in demand. You get them, like, the following day sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, and another way is, um, well, anyway, so, yeah, and you can get them from Amazon. Uh, the, the printer, the print-on-demand printer and distributor I use, which is Ingram, uh, they also, they, they can print in Europe, so stores in Europe can also, okay. they can just go to Ingram. Or look up, look up Steve Laffler or Cathead Comics, and they're going to find them. Get on it, get yeah, that, I mean, like Lambeek, for example. Uh, that, that's right. that's where they get them. They get them from England. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Now, before we finish, I'm going to ask you for your socials, and then I'm going to drop two questions on you <laughs> that I want you, I want you to just answer instinctively. So, firstly, where can people find you online, Steve? Oh, where can uh, SteveLaffler.com, and uh, Laffler is a slightly odd name. It's L-A-F, as in Frank, L-E-R. And I always say it's only one F because people automatically write two for yeah, some reason. Yeah. And uh, yes, I am a socialist. <laughs> <laughs> one, one F in your name, two Fs in your comic. Yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, right, here's a question. I'm going to ask you two questions, just an instinctive answer all from right, you. Right, right. Who's the great, you can't say yourself, who's the greatest comic artist? <laughs> who's come to your mind straight away? Uh, it's a toss-up between uh, Jack Kirby and Robert Crumb, you know. Okay, you know, just I'm just talking about what I what knocked me on my ass growing up. Cool. Yeah. Um, who's the greatest comic character? Oh man, yeah, off the top of my head. Instinctual, not don't search for it. Just uh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's because I was, I mean, when I was 10 years old. You know, you'd be sitting there in church and bored, bored to shit. And I'd look up in the rafters in this big old Gothic church. And I, I literally felt like I, I just wanted to like shoot a web up there and swing around in the rafters. So, yeah, you know, uh, Spider-Man affected me in a, in a way when I was like probably 9, 10, 11, 12. That, you know, it, 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 I was always drawing, but that's, what, that's the character that just pulled me into comics and really made me want to make comics. But I also, I'll just throw out the name Max Fleischer because from the time I was a tiny kid, I saw those old animations on TV and basically you had, um, you had swing jazz, bopping bugs, rapping, doing talking blues over a jazz soundtrack. Bam. So I saw that when I was three, four, five on old reruns and man, that's, that's the shit right there. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, man. Absolutely, it's been an absolute pleasure this weekend. We've it's had been a great to hang out, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. with the English the crowd. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I got to get over uh, on your side of the pond. You, you know? man. Yeah, Angle you'd fucking love it. I tell you now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. All right. Cool. There you have it. That was a little bit extra you weren't expecting this week. There you go, yeah, folks. Good stuff. So. Um, what a nice dude. Yeah. Yeah. He, I have to laugh because we went for a meal and. Um, I'd ordered a ginger ale, and I think he accidentally got my drink, and he's gone, what is this? <laughs> what the fuck is this? So sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm meant, to be, uh, up, I'm meant to be out you know, being a boozy English geezer, and uh, I had a ginger ale. Yeah, but there yeah. you go. It was good. Funny. Gangster living. Uh, uh, speaking of which... Ginger ale can be nice and refreshing, I've got to say. Yeah, oh, I love ginger no, beer and ginger ale. I'm a fan yeah. of it. A bit of ginger Especially, in your diet does you well, doesn't it? Yeah. You've got a bit of a stomach upset. You can take a ginger yeah. ale. Oh, I, lo- I, lo- I love those. Uh, is it Brandenburg? Ginger beers? Oh. Are they the alcoholic ones? Uh, yeah. No, 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 no. You're thinking of Krabbies. 
That's it, yeah. Do we have speaking, any sh- speaking of crabbies? Yeah. yeah. Do we have any sh- shout outs? No, I've got a couple. So um <clears throat> we're about to launch another graphic gospel. Um, which is for anyone who missed the first one, we've got two on the way actually. One that's um, I think going to go live in the next couple of weeks. They're like the tribute version of a tier one of Bible. Um, ah, so good. watch out for that. They'll be coming. They're very cheap. They're that. just sort of little leaflet kind of comic books. Um, watch out for that one. Uh, now that's what I call turning tricks. Um, I think it's a pin up special yeah. by our oh. buddy from the Slack, Mike Aston. Is I'll give this a shout out myself. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, it looks saucy. Uh, it's yeah. made its money, but you, you can't do bad. Get a copy of that. I've backed it as well. I don't even name for these books, but I'm going to, I'm going to back this one. <laughs> 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 Me too. There <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, say my one. Filth wizards. Dan, have you got any? Yes. Miranda and the Golden Horns. Long <laughs> away for a lot to the <laughs> Miranda <laughs> and the Golden Horns. Long away for to the fan. <laughs> <laughs> fantasy about demonic possession, apocalyptic omens, and the friends made along the way. Uh, that needs a little bit of help. We've got three days to go, so by the time you listen to this, you've got about two days to go. Uh, okay. By Grim Wilkins, that looks lovely. That's really, really nice. That does. And we've got uh, long-term friends of the show, uh, the Reckless Heroes, Masters oh, yeah. One, Survive, Win, Unleash the Master Within, uh, and that's blazing towards its goal. If you like. Uh, Knights versus pirates, pirates, yeah. Uh, the last cowboy, etc. A lot of that stuff is on uh, Comic House, so you can go check it out. Chris Simba's artwork is absolutely joy to behold, and he's just getting better and better all the time. Yeah, uh, go check out Masters. Cool, nice. Let's start now. Oh, <laughs> what I said about that? That was a, that was very dramatic. <laughs> What's happened to him today? <laughs> I don't, I don't uh. know. <laughs> it's something's either worn off or kicked in. Um, <laughs> So, uh, speaking of comics, even more comics, we've got a few to recommend to you lovely people to check out over the uh, uh, next coming days or weeks or whenever you listen to this show. So, um, I've got two, Tony's got two, Dan's got one. Yeah. So, Dan, you're going to sit snugly in the middle yes. uh, of this lovely sandwich. That's, <laughs> that's... I mean, the sausage in between two big paps. <laughs> uh, I didn't put my hand between two pillows. <laughs> <laughs> Planes, train, planes, trains, and automobiles. Fucking amazing yeah. film. Um, <laughs> that when they go between the two trucks. Uh, yeah. And he I mean, looks over like as a spot. John Candy looks like fucking the <laughs> devil. Yeah. The devil. Sounds like he'd be coming in the car with me. Uh, <laughs> Steve Martin's fingers have been embedded in, <laughs> into the dashboard. Oh. I mean, it's no first wives club, but it's pretty good. Yeah, what yeah. could be? Exactly. Anyway, uh, <laughs> who's going to kick us off? Tony, do you want to kick us off? Okay, so I go first. So my first one is Spread Love. Yes, that's what I said. Uh, <laughs> not su- it says on the cover, not suitable for children or your mother, which I kind of like. Huh. This is issue 13. It's $12 from Atomic Books, who were our um, table mates at hey. SPX, the nicest people. They Plus, the, um, they bought a load of snacks, which they were sharing with us. Uh. So I was you know, eating crisps and stuff and sitting there chatting to them and yeah, lovely people, lovely, lovely people. So it's twelve dollars, um, thick A4 stock paper, mostly black and white interiors. Um, the inside back cover and the inside front cover cover of colour as well as the cover. Um, now combine these two facts. It's called Spread Love Comics, and I bought it. So I'm sure you can imagine what the interiors are going to be like on this. Um, terribly sort, like the most. I mean, 
this was is it you know, filth tony just say absolute it? and utter filth but i was going to say you can judge so i bought it it was in a it was in a bag you know like a self-sealing uh, magazine bag um so i put it in my suitcase and traveled back and then a couple of days after i got back from holiday i was going through my little pile of comics that i had and i opened this and i thought thank fuck i didn't get a pull from customs <laughs> you know what i mean it's like one of those um outstanding cover by adam brown um it's it's got that real sort of rip-off press homaging ec vibes you know it's got the central image with the three circular images down the side Um, yes spread love comics probably featuring freaks sex pests and weirdos and then but the main image is a dude who's got sort of two heads um and he's walking across like a city street and he's trying his best to avoid in the street um um toxic waste an eyeball a syringe a dog turd you know it's got there's there's a crumb-esque kind of feel to it it's a little bit like that but much more extreme veiny um twisted uh, stuff going on um it's it's absolutely um full of talent man new and old in this um peter bags in it he's got a page in it um mike diana do you guys know the history of mike diana no no that's a a dirty trial about what he drew there's a there's a uh, a man who um may divide the whole of the comics world but uh, he's in it hunt emerson's in it as well i love hunt emerson you know hunts a great we're chatting about um him on the drink and draw on friday hunts you know a hero of british comics and um i was trying to remember the um the, the girly mag that he had a comic strip in um a member of the slack who i can't possibly say it was simon uh reminded me that it was fiesta magazine um but uh <laughs> yeah yeah cam hayden's in it josh simmons so i just thought i'd mention a couple of my favorite stories in it yes there's sort of 10 15 stories in it but my favorite one one of my favorites was um dr handjob md by um eric calfee uh dr glenn handjob md is a goddamn healthcare hero um i'm going to leave it to your imagination at the start of this discussion as to how he helps people as a doctor how he might solve their their you know cure their ills um He's um he's contacted by a lady called Mrs. Yvette Cousinhumper, um, who needs her husband. His husband's in a coma and he, she needs to get him out of it. Uh, apparently he was um he when he drinks red wine, um, this man gets particularly sexually turned on and tried to have sex with a donkey, but got kicked in the head and it put him in a, a coma. We've all been there. <laughs> um so I'll so let's ask you, Dan, what do you think Dr. Handjob M D does that helps him get out of the coma? Uh God, if only there was some clue in the name. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. So um, <laughs> he wanks him off, um, and uh, Spider-Man's another person who walks in the room, um, and it turns out that, I don't think we're spoiling the story, um, that Dr. Handjob is actually not a real MD, and he's doing it for his TikTok account. <laughs> uh, and then the man wakes up, and the last panel has been sitting there waking up in bed and going, I have no idea what just happened, but being in a hospital is awesome. So is that that's quite a cool one. That's probably my favourite strip in a book. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's straight out of a tribute book, man. You know, that's, you could see yeah, it yeah, 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 totally. basement, so. Um Slumpy is two pages by Peter Elick. I'm having trouble saying things down. Elickco. Um, Slumpy is a hobo, heroin addict, I think, who is um, slumped in an alleyway by a trash can. It's very dirty drawn, you know, scratchy drawn underground feel to it. Um, and another junkie comes in, steals his shoes. And then a couple come in and they have sex uh, on the top of the trash can um, um, in front of Slumpy. And he then 
The man finishes, and again, there's another Spider-Maning incident. He Spider-Man's Slumpy in the corner. Slumpy suddenly wakes up and says, "God damn, that was some good shit," and he runs off. That's the whole strip. Um, another one. I'm going to be careful at how I say this, not to upset Vince. The Amazing Adventures of Three Shameless CNX Tuesdays. Um, and this is by the cover artist adam brown who i was just talking about and it's about three three guys they find a homeless man and for their tiktok hits there seems to be a um a satire on social media going on in this which is natural anyway obsesses a lot of people isn't it um it's worth taking a piss out of they give a homeless man some money and then when they turn off the phone and stop filming they curb stomp this homeless bloke and then another three blokes go home and then um all independently suck it suck themselves off um we've god. all done that yeah <laughs> so oh god Vince. god yeah um spread love there's a lot of these i wish i'd gotten them before yeah i don't really see them in shops over here i suppose it must be a difficult thing to import i'm guessing um but interestingly falpy's in the next issue oh, so okay. the one that's being advertised at the moment falpy's in that one so i'm looking forward to seeing that but um top draw man like proper last gasp kitchen sink underground feel to them absolutely top draw really i think it may be my favorite anthology for a long time from a point of view of a hit rate you know not everything's wow. perfect in it but the back the inside back cover by hunt emerson is worth cutting out and framing it's that good it's like a print wow yeah but yeah really good spread love um if you um look up atomic books you can be able to if you're in the states you'll be able to get some issues from there i'm not sure where you would get one over here it might be something that i maybe speak to um third bear press about but i'm not sure whether you might get in trouble importing them yeah but uh yeah that's my first one guys there you go nice uh my first one is uh is an idw book issue one uh right is this part of your issue one thing you're doing and are you going to do like read an issue one weren't you, yeah, yeah yeah and, I like uh, that idea. and uh it was another thumbs up this one um cool. killmore is um have you heard of this one Yes, I've not read it though. Uh, writer, co-creator Scott Brian Wilson, artist, co-creator Max Allen Fuchs, colorist, spot illustration Valentina Brisky, letterer CPD Athletic League. It's quite, <laughs> an, uh, quite an interesting name for um, a letterer, but uh, basically, what this story is is um, it's a serial killer story. Right. There's a surprise in comics these days, a book, book about serial killers. <laughs> um, but the synopsis is, the city of Colonia is suffering from total economic collapse, but worse than the unemployment and urban decay is the skyrocketing homicide rate. Most of the few cops left on the force think it's just another symptom of the city's decline, but one detective has a darker theory, that the most depraved killers in the country have all moved here to take advantage of the chaos. Um, there's more to... Um, the synopsis but i think that's all you need to that's all you really need to know uh about this this book and it's certainly that it was that bit that made me think oh uh front cover of this um i would say it's a kindly old lady but she's clearly a uh elderly demon from hell uh, on the cover and uh, she is the first character you see within this book um and colonia which isn't a real place but obviously um Oh well, it may, there probably is a place in the world called Colonia, isn't there? Yeah, but it's an interesting sort of uh, 
setup and synopsis it's a it's almost got that classic science fiction sort of tale of of creating a city so then you can put a certain like this economic sort of downturn the city's pretty much it's almost like a it's almost post-apocalyptic because a lot of people have left or it's it's awful um in fact like the, the first page there's just a guy crossing a road and uh, then a car comes out of nowhere and brutally knocks him over uh and and this little old lady gets out and she's like oh no are you okay oh dear oh and this person clearly mashed up and dead they're like i'll go get help oh dear i'll find a nice policeman she gets in the car and it just says on the bottom of the page ethel because she's got in the car and she's smiling so she's the first serial killer you meet <laughs> in, in the book um and then what it does um i thought about this um after reading the book, because I, I just I breezed through this book, I really enjoyed it. It's a mm. it's an interesting setup um, that could go very dark, um, but could do some interesting things because certainly it, it's got horror vibes, it's a horror thriller vibe, and um, you know how, for instance, um, oh, what was the the horror book that we like about um, the serial killer on the camp? The, the serial oh. Um... Oh God! I oh, forget the name. I love that yeah. series, um, but th- it's almost and that and with obviously like the likes of plastic and vinyl and things, there is a real. There's an upturn in in sort of slashes and serial killers becoming, but also with a bit of a weird turn to them, you know. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And this is a book that it is very much treating it like, you know, when you hear all these serial killers coming to this place, it's mm. not. They're not all sort of like you know normal people and you you sort of meet them as it goes on i, I say meet them you only see them briefly and, and like whenever they're introduced to one there's a name but there's a certain over-the-top na- there's a comic book nature the, the heightened reality which i think a book like this benefits from because yeah. if, you, if you did it seriously and made it like super dark and grim it, it probably wouldn't be an enjoyable read uh, okay. whereas, whereas this one's got more it's got an energy to it and from the first page you're um you have a double page spread of a cityscape with the with the name of the book over the top of it um which looks cool but then it made me think about um how those sort of pages are used in comic books and is that it's a love it's a beautiful bit of art um and obviously the titles look cool but is that two pages that could have been used on story? Or is it something that when they're creating this, they're thinking of the eventual, eventual trade? Because I don't see they're going to do that on every issue. It was, That was a, more of a, a comics constructive, you know, like, you know, how is this being made? Is this being made with a viewpoint of the book at the end rather than the individual issue? Um, which is an interesting uh, way to sort of go. I'll, I'll send you guys the page of you know the double page spread because the first one's called scum and it says scum part one so i don't know if um okay. this is going to be ongoing but you then meet uh, a guy called the giraffe who has he's uh just seems like a normal guy i mean he looks pretty weird and he's being interrogated by the police and you find out a bit more about like the killings he's done and how he he literally came to this city to take advantage of like you know the, these people that just didn't leave town people that on the downturn and he just wanted to kill lots of people it's very, it gets very dark um but then later on as these detectives are finding out like one of them has a list of missing people which is huge um but the city's so 
the back end has fallen out of it so much that there's not even IT departments within the police department or anything. You know, he he right. he literally had to print off a list himself, and he's been marking them off physically with a pencil once he's found out where these people are because of the knock-on effect of his partner that starts the issue says to him oh by the way this is my last day i'm leaving i can't do it i can't do this anymore um and he meets another character who's going to become his partner and it's it's almost the first issue is the setup of the world um there's some beautiful shots of like how run down and you know just the, the awful this city is it almost feels like dystopian you know we had a, a, an episode about yes. dystopia and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. There, yeah. there is that kind of feel to it but amongst that there are still places that are still existing like there's a diner that's you know this seems to be acting normal there's a character that as soon as i saw her um i thought she was a vigilante at some point um and she feels like a, a creation of dan butcher um because um you see this woman like built like a brick wall and she's just she's literally just beating the shit out of a guy she goes into a a sort of cafe orders like i mean she she orders like a, a like three different meals for herself and uh she gets on quite nicely with the you know the guy that's working there and she shakes his hand and you can see the bruises on her knuckles and uh, but then when she gets up to leave the table, you see her name is Lady Face Smasher, <laughs> and I was like, okay, there's a, you know, she's she's someone that's just there to literally kick the shit out of people. So she's another <laughs> one, neither another one of the characters. There's an there's a guy called the Sufferer. There's a serial killer called the Sufferer who seems to be killing people and then feeling bad about it. it, it there's some they're introducing these little characters as it goes on. I don't know how. I I really enjoy it, you know. Well, I was, is this an ongoing or a mini? Or I think it's a mini. I mean, it's IDW, so I'd imagine it's um. It's lucky to survive, man. They got rid of most of their books, sadly, yeah, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Okay. This one has just come out this week as well, so this is a, this. All is right, a watch one. out for that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but certainly, um, it's an interesting concept. Um, it rattles along at a decent pace. I, I was really interested. The art is, um, you can tell that the artist is both influenced by the likes of and the name has just left me who did um work with grant morrison on superman did the authority frank quietly uh, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 there's i can see lots of different influences but it's a style that works really nicely for this and nice clean lines um lots of shadow it's it's I hope it gets a few more uh, issues in because um, I, I'm interested to see where a story like this goes because it's got such a, a high concept, you know, it's right there. You know, this sit. A lot of people have left this city. It's got all the ingredients. A lot of people have. You got a rundown dystopian city. A lot of people have left it. The people that are still remaining are now in trouble because serial killers have moved to the city just to have some fun that's it on a on you know that's a real it could be it could be grindhouse it could be action-packed it could be all kinds so i'm i'm intrigued to see how the story plays out because it could go either way couldn't it it could go yeah you know could it be these cops team up and then start taking out these serial killers or are the serial killers gonna win it's i've once reading this book i actually had a thought of a topic i'll i'll talk to the to you gents off air just to discuss okay a, a potential show that could be a, um a, Ooh, okay. a, around stuff like this okay um 
but as an issue one, it 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 rattles along. There's plenty of it, despite the two the two pages of a, a cityscape. You know, a, a double splash page. They waste no other real. You know, no space is wasted. It, you by the end of it, you you realise that a lot of shit's going to kick off. Um, so kill more. Um, in another one of my issue ones. Let's just try something Good. out. It's another. It's another thumbs up. I was uh, well, another one coming oh, out. Right. Yeah, and I haven't. Um, I haven't. I haven't seen these these creators before either. Uh, Scott Brian Wilson apparently worked on it. True Cult. Have you heard of that one? I, I don't know why the True oh, yeah. and the the two U's in True Cult were both V's. Um, that annoys me. <laughs> that rings a bell. <laughs> um, listeners, of course, if any of you have checked out these books, They're annoyed by that. And uh, the artist <laughs> worked on. Uh, Halcyon Days and the an altered carbon uh, adaptation. Oh, yeah. oh okay. Yeah. Uh, so, a, friend, a, friend, a friend of mine at work was working late, and he his his desk is back by the window, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, he was the, the, he was working late, and he had um, on one screen he had the TV series Altered Carbon up, you know. <laughs> <clears throat> and it gets quite saucy, that doesn't it? That yes. series. Yeah. And uh, the the security guard came around just as it hit a saucy bit, <laughs> and it, in the reflection in the window. He thought that my mate was watching porn, and my mate has to go. No, no, no! It's Netflix. It's a sci-fi. <laughs> classic, classic. It's always the way. still to this day. Obviously, I always say, "Dave, you still watching porn at work, mate?" Yeah. Still constantly. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Big shout um, to Dave. Yeah. So, kill more number one, and that is two separate words. Kill more because the serial killers are there to do exactly that. So kill that's my, that's my one. Yeah. Dan, what's yours? I'm going to talk about local man. Oh, I've cool. only read a few, yeah, yeah, yeah. two issues of this, and I caught up today and read uh, read up till five. Oh, have you read is... gold yet? Or no, I've got no, it. I bought okay. it. I haven't got it. I haven't read it yet. Uh, right. It's kind of. I was trying to work out: is that in the story, or is yep. it just a kind of? It isn't part yeah, it's of the story. Part, okay. part of continuity. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Again, this is such a great. Uh, I read the synopsis. Uh, once Jack Xavier. Uh, star recruit the media sensation third super team third gen had it all when controversy sends cross jack crawling back to his mom and dad's basement in the mid- midwest jack struggles to find fit into a world he left far behind and then the bodies start piling up so this guy uh the main character jack he used to be a superhero called cross jack do and... you want to give the credits for this man and i can tell yeah, my sorry. story it's yeah. uh written by tim seeley and Tony Flicks and the art is by the two of them as well. Yeah. So interestingly, um, just quickly to interrupt you, D-Man, is um, I had a photograph with me, me, uh, in Cliff in a diner, a coffee shop just before we went into Baltimore. And then we got photobombed by some bloke looking in the window. Um, and we all thought, oh, look, we're being photobombed. And like a week later, I realized it was Tony Fleece. <laughs> Brilliant. So the creator of this Great. book was that bloke who was looking yeah. in the window going, what are those fucking three Looking's weird blokes doing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the main character used to be a superhero called Crossjack, who was in like an image team of superheroes. We've talked about this book before. Uh, yeah. It's a real banger. And essentially, like in these next two issues, there's kind of more drama going on. Uh, he's getting deeper and deeper into like these murders that are happening around him. And everything you kind of think is what it seems isn't. It's really well done. There's a real switch at the end of five i was like fucking hell i didn't see that coming it's yeah i, I was absolutely gripped to it all the way through this is just a monthly banger 
that is yes. like big game and a couple of other books at the moment like i did with um usagi and teenage mutant Ninja Turtles. every month it's just it's at the top of the pile to read it's for me. Re- real fun you know yeah because uh, they allude to stuff in the issue like oh that happened in the past why do you do x and then on the reverse of the issue you get like the 90s comic where it's like four or five pages long like a backstory that tells you it goes over that incident that they're referring re- referring to uh, and it's done like in the nighty style with a, a cover homage in like uh popular covers at a time yeah if you're you can jump on it if you're not a fan of that time period if you're a fan of that time period it's like even more special for me at least I, I, I was like i'm fucking loving this but it's just a good story about that dude yes. you know that's just a sort yeah. of another layer to it for me i think yeah because he gets sent back and they're like you can't use any of superpowers you can't throw anything his mum hates him he's got an ex-girlfriend who's married to the sheriff and yeah it's all this the whole town on, pretty much fucking hates him he's like comes <laughs> yeah. back and he's just uh, kind of fucked it all up and no one's really got any sympathy for him whatsoever so but he tries to do the, the right thing and as a hero and as a character i found myself with him from the get-go yeah, he's, he's likable, isn't he? He's very likable. He reminds me very much like Hawkeye to me. Yes. You know, he's got that sort of angry, fucked up, not the most not the biggest power set, but quite skilled, you know. Occasionally you see that that jump to the top, don't you? But crap with relationships, that sort of kind of character. He's got yeah. got like the, the, the bullseye skill, hasn't he? Like wherever he can yeah. throw or shoot <clears> or whatever <throat> he can hit, which is pretty powerful but when you got other people in the team who can like time travel and shoot lasers and stuff it is a bit lacking i don't want to go into too much of the story because there's some of the stuff reading i thought okay it's like that and then there's a real kind of a couple of moments you're like oh fuck i didn't expect that at all and yeah it recontextualizes and reframes stuff you've already been told yeah i i i honestly can't recommend reading this enough this is one of those books i kind of let slip and i should have been on it per it as the issues came out mate you're gonna love you're gonna love the next issue yeah you need to read yeah gold is in continuity so i suspect it if they can it's a it's mad because it's basically visually the cover an homage to the deathmatch um valiant image deathmatch sorry uh valiant image uh crossover that was just utterly fucked up by both companies back in the day you know um but in it there's loads of characters from other image properties um right. some from years ago i mean battle popes in it for fuck's sake <laughs> you know where they've obviously just pulled in favors and you, you you need to read it to see it but a team travels back travels to the future and something happens and yeah it goes off from there but it's, it's really worth it. i don't know how they pulled it together there was obviously a lot of phone calls going on around that one um right. but yeah really good can we do this and yeah, yeah. why not uh also i know we're, we're going to talk about this probably next week but fucking big game this yeah. this Wednesday, we're very excited, aren't we? Yeah, got to get on that. I mean, I, I just want to um, put a little shout out for that. Actually, um, purely in the in the sense that, like, it's an event comic that we're genuinely really yeah. really excited for. Yeah, yeah, um, I'm going to be on that Monday mo- uh, Wednesday morning. And yeah. whether whether you, whether you out there like it or not, and you feel free to like whatever you like, and you know, just don't be a dick. Um, but this has just caught all of us um, as just, you know, b- BS. He's bringing uh, back that Wednesday excitement, that yeah. new oh, comic book day yeah. excitement for us. Yeah, yeah. Which, um, you know, this is this is the first... I mean, I, I love a lot of comic series, but this is the first time in a while 
where that sort of Wednesday. Oh, I've been aware of what what date that's coming out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so interesting, interesting times. Uh, you know, and I hope that wherever you're listening, there are creators and books out there that you know exactly when the next book's coming out or when their trade's coming out or anything like that. Because it's just awesome when you feel like that about comics. Let's be honest. Yeah. That's why we're here. But um, yeah, top stuff, Dan. I need to get on local mail. Yeah, I totally. V, you're going to lo- love. Yeah, I know you've yeah. read some of it, but get back yeah. on it. It's brilliant. Yeah, Boyd Rubbers is another one, isn't it? That we enjoy as it comes. Yeah, out. Oh, there's yeah, a few yeah. on there that I'm yeah. behind in that. That's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too many comics, not enough time, isn't there? Really, not um, enough money, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Especially when you yeah. do something stupid like you decide to read loads of issue ones instead of. The... <laughs> yeah, um, you and I got carried away on fucking comicsology earlier today as well. So yeah, yeah, we did. Um, well, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll explain it. A little bit wide and a bit. But Tony, do you want to do yours? Yeah, so my second one is actually two issues, but it's Punchline and the Vaudevillains um, out of Hero Tomorrow Comics. Story, layouts, colours and letters by the hardest working man in indie comics, Ted Sikora, who we we did a short interview at Heroes last year. Do you remember I did a 10-minute with him mm. on the con floor? And I've reviewed Bloom especially, was a favourite of mine. Layouts, pencil and inks by, all right, hold, hold your fucking cups of coffee. Donny, Haddy... With Jar Jar, Addy with Jar Jar, yep. Uh, variant cover by David. Well done. Thank you. It felt, like you. it felt like you needed that. I don't. Know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, variant cover by David. I don't have a drink before we do the show. David Abrevia. Um, I picked this up from Ted at Baltimore. Um, I'm a big fan of his comics. They they have a genuine um, Bronze Age, almost Gerber esque vibe to it, which I mentioned to Ted. I said I was chatting to a couple of buddies, and we kind of feel there's a bit of the Gerber in your writing, and he was so pleased. <laughs> See the smile on his face. Yeah, and I do. I, I hold to that. So this, in a bit, in in a similar way to Big Game, there's parallels to be made with this. This brings together a number of the properties that are across the, <laughs> me, sorry, Hero Tomorrow um, comics universe. So a couple of a number of the characters that appear in this punchline is a kind of a cross between a um, heavyweight boxer, a scary clown, a super soldier, and a street vigilante who uses um, knuckle dusters. Uh, a Palmer is. Um, it's kind of there's a Palmer is kind of their Spider-Man. So you know Spider-Man is a human combined with a spider. Yeah. This character is a bloke who who runs a um ice cream van um combined with this this made up animal called an Palmer. Um and he has strength, agility, and he can communicate with animals and he drives around in an ice cream van, which is kind of cool. He's actually had quite a long running series. I think he's one of their first series. And that's you can you can find all these on Comicsology, incidentally. And Tap Dance Killer which is she's kind of part of this group called the Vaud villains who are kind of part villains, part vigilantes, quite revengers. Um, and there's all these different weird characters as part of that. Um, issue one follows that tried and tested formula of fleshing out the players and their motivations and intertwining their, their particular storylines uh, and then set and then as we'd get in all good Marvel comics, don't you sets it up for a confrontation at the end between two of the characters. Now the fight between, um, between punchline of which I own a t-shirt and a Palmer happens in issue two and is really well handled. And as is typical with all those Marvel, you know, the thing versus the Hulk or, you know, Spider-Man versus the angel or something like that doesn't end completely where you can say one person is the victor. Do you know what I mean? You used to see that, didn't we? There's always a little twist at the end where something happens, but it's really well handled. Um, Ted in the first issue, especially Ted really does weave in a lot of, 
um, story and motivation into the issue. So you, 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 it, it, there's a big cast which he introduces. He gives motivations. He gives personality, and then he pursues the storyline, which isn't an easy thing to do in a short single issue. Um, but he get also gets all their power sets out without making it too expositional, which I think is an art form. I think once you, you know what you're doing when you can weave storyline with, exp, in a way, exposition. Um, he sets up this conflict, like I've said, and there's there's some good action in it. You got to do that. You can't have a comic that's just talking heads in this mm. sort of universe. So it, it, there is a there's a, there's some punching and some action and some. This is where maybe the the Gerber comes in because it's not just a superhero universe. There's a weirdness to it as well, in the same way that you used to get in Gerber's Defenders, for example, something like that, Amiga the Unknown, or even even Howard the Duck stuff. You know, there's a, there's a strange reality to it. It's, it's slightly askew compared to what you would you, you the real world is like. Um, and you can't always predict who is the hero and who's the sort of in the grey somewhere type character. It, and it, it, but that makes it all the more enthralling to me. It makes it more interesting, and you you want to follow. And you you don't. I don't necessarily have a favourite character in it. I, I think I like them all. You know, um, there's um, I got the I got the collector's edition of this. I'm not sure if that's the regular, um, which I got Ted to sign. But in the back, there's loads of extra material in there. That's. Uh, um, a lot of the way they do re- use reference to um, communicate with the artist. So Ted very much works hand in hand with the art as a writer and, you know, layout artist um, to such a point where he'll even pose as the character. So they, so he can communicate the, the way someone's sitting down or the way, way someone's sort of head in their hands, looking sad or the way someone's transfixed sitting at a bar, watching a big fight kickoff sort of thing. It's, it's, but it's not just done as, extra material and informational in relation to um the back matter it's also done with a big smile on his face you can see there's a couple of panels i'll send you in actually a couple of panels where he's um he's just sitting agog looking at what's going on it's funny man it is funny the way he does it um very readable um the art is strong um i mean this would be quality for a marvel book i think um it's that you know, sometimes we get we give people a buy, don't we? When they're in the indie small press, we think, well, it's only small press. But this mm. would be strong wherever it was put, and I think that's what we should see comics as. We shouldn't give them a you know give them a chance because they're small press. You know, everything is on the same playing field these days because they they all sit on the same shelf in a shop, don't they? Um, but this this is quality and and really up there. Um, and it's very easy to pick out each character to work out who per, who each person is. The 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 costume and character design is very strong in this, and there's a bit in the back about that as well. You can find Ted on Twitter at Ted Sikora, which is S I K O R A, on YouTube Hero Tomorrow, Instagram Hero Tomorrow, and you can sign up to Ted's mailer. I'm signed up, and he's always sending stuff through. He does he he has his business model on Kickstarter, um, I think mostly, which is a good way to do it, um, but. You can also go on to Comicsology and find a Palmer and Bloom and Tap Dance Killer and, and and all the other stuff as well. So if you fancy it, go and have a look. Not always easy for us to get it in the UK, but I I tend to back his stuff digitally on Kickstarter, and then when I see him, I'll pick up the issues that I like. You know, he did a big deal. I think Cliff picked it up, which he had a couple of books that like we say damaged, but they're not. One of them, a couple of them, where he'd accidentally signed the cover twice or something, and that went into the pile of books that he got away and he, he and i think mm. cliff for 40 dollars bought a couple of hardbacks and a load of issues it was a really good had i had the space in my bag i would have bought the other part of comics like that you know mm. um but yeah punchline and the vaud villains but have a look for anything from hero tomorrow comics because it's, it's all good quality really good stuff and a nice alternative to marvel and dc if you're a bit sick of their comics at the moment go and have a look at this sort of thing okay 
That's my second one, guys. Nice. And my second one is issue one of a series that, when I picked it up, I absolutely just motored through the first issue and eventually just... So we were talking about it, weren't we, online? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I just ended up buying a couple of... um, a, a few more issues and I'm working my way through them as well but as you know I'm talking about issue ones and I I decided to talk about the latest series by the one and only Terry Moore this is Parker Girls number one now those who may know uh, Terry Moore's work obviously indie legend the creator of The Strangers in Paradise which is to be honest like one of the major sort of especially US independent comic creating sort of titles isn't it um this is a spin-off of the darcy parker story arc in strangers in paradise yeah now i went into the series not knowing that because i myself i've i'm a big fan of rachel rising and i've read some of terry's other work but strange in paradise is one of those gaps in my reading that i need i you know that i need to catch up on more so when i initially went into this I went in cold. Do you know what I mean? I was like, oh, you know, the this, this story seemed interesting. And the synopsis is, when the lifeless body of Piper May washes up on Venice Beach, the Parker girls suspect the young actress is the victim of foul play and decide to take a closer look at Piper's billionaire husband, Zachary May. Meanwhile, an embezzler in the Caribbean confides his darkest secret to a beautiful stranger. Um, and I was thinking, like, okay, let's see, because um, obviously... Terry's done lots of different types of work, you know, from horror to sci-fi and always got that different kind of vibe to it. Um, And this felt like a sort of pulpy mystery. And as soon as I started reading it, because, Tony, I know you've read this this one as well. Yeah, I read it today, man. We were reading it at the same time. Yeah, and I was just hooked. Do you know what I mean? I've got to get on this. I was thinking, like... Very well-constructed first issue, I've got to say. Really well. Brilliantly so. Um, And I know... You know, the any concerns that I had that possibly, even though I say it's a spin-off of, a, of an arc from Strangers in Paradise, and certainly characters from the Terry Moore universe are, are in this, you, you don't need to know that. And no, uh, really. you, the whole, um, and I think that's one of the great successes of titles, especially when you're spinning out from like when you've created this this sort of sea of characters and this universe when you're spinning off and telling different tales they always have to be accessible to someone that hasn't read your other work they yes. just they they just do um you're of course you're going to have your loyal fans and we've all got those creators that you know we'll just pick up all of their stuff and we, we know exactly who the characters are where they are with them but certainly with an issue 1 there has to be the dum dums like me who <laughs> Who've gone in and just been like, okay, I just, I just want to see what the story is, and the story, as as Tony says, so well crafted. Uh, I mean, it's another example, um, you know, of Terry's line work is just beautiful. This is obviously a creator who has just over the years has honed their craft and honed their craft, and that whole sequence that is just two meet people meeting on a beach yeah it's so well handled because the the back and forth of why she's speaking to him what's he doing there yeah why she left her hat in the sea for him to pick up you know this it's just really the interplay there is so well done and he he takes his time to do it but it works you know yeah that's the sort of um 
the beautiful thing about that is as well because it feels natural um mm. the the pacing of it and there is you know there is a sort of i wasn't sure what i was going to get I, you know I, I there was obviously the synopsis but it doesn't so much screen murder mystery you know but there were things going on and in that initial scene um with the guy that walks off and then someone follows him mm. which builds up to a crescendo of violence that i wasn't expecting <laughs> yeah <laughs> um there's a moment that i was like holy shit also it looks great on the page it really does i always want to say that black and white artwork i'm all about it and i love that um terry is a creator that very much fills the page with panels but not too much it, it, you can read it you know it's so easy to read uh and the mystery is really well played out um i'm interested in all the characters that have, that have been introduced and certainly by the end of issue, issue one that i mean th- there's a certain amount there's a little amount of a uh, light sauciness on the go um but in but it's for the for the storytelling itself i sent you my venn diagram of why i enjoy his comics <laughs> yeah and top left was is the words would smash <laughs> <laughs> i mean terry moore draws attractive people he does he does yeah especially so, ladies yes very much so and certainly there there's sketchbooks as how to draw books of it that, that terry's done as well which are well worth looking into um but i just like the way he crafts a tale because it's the character based aren't they the story builds up and you, you're getting to know the characters as it goes along and and certainly um with the further issues the mystery still deepens but there's still moments of there's a there's a there's a real sort of like moment in issue two um, in the desert, Tony. Um, yeah. Like the reveal of that. Oh, God. When he's that <laughs> happens to him and you're like, oh, oh, God. And I was like, but at the same time, my brain was like, that's brilliant. That is brilliant writing of a sort of a villain, almost a villainous act that in a kind of way. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a series that's both surprising, intriguing. There's no real heroes in it either, no, let's face it. No, yeah. No. But you've got a bunch of uh, characters that are instantly sort of likable and intriguing. I immediately I, the, the Parker girls themselves, I'm I'm immediately invested in what they're doing and their interactions. One of them has the, the best name ever, Cherry yeah. Hammer. Cherry Hammer is the best <laughs> name. <laughs> I mean, he thought oh, it was in a seventies New York punk band. Exactly, I was like, <laughs> "That's my favorite character." Uh, <laughs> um, but if you seriously, if you haven't checked out, and I mean, if you haven't checked out any of like Terry's work before, I mean, Rachel Rising, which is the first one I really sort of experienced, was another example of like, "Wow, I can just." The thing about the Rachel Rising is you got that series, which I think is his second longest series, isn't it? Yeah, um, that's forty then, page, forty issues of it. Issues, yeah. Then she appears elsewhere. Yeah. So there's other series that she appears in as well, which he does a lot now. Which is Parker Girls is an evidence of that. Yeah. Um, in more in, in less and more C- ways. Serial but... is a spin-off from Rachel Rising. Yeah. And, yep. and yeah. then t- um, what's the one with all of them in it? Oh, it'll come to me in a minute. But yeah, they're, they're, she's back in that one as well. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, it's very interesting. Um, highly recommend it. There's lots of different... Um, there's 10 issues of this, which are all 10 are out now, I believe. Um, right. So you can just... There, there's a 
collected hardcover that that's on its great way. covers for that series my yeah. favorite covers i think of all of his books is the yeah. uh, the parker girls yeah they it feels very sort of pulpy novel as well doesn't it sort of yeah there's a there's mystery. a little bond moment yeah, in the first yeah, one isn't there? yeah 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 and there's certainly for a lot of the series they're very sort of striking covers ladies um, getting out the swimming pool that's i'm a big fan of those as covers oh yeah classic <laughs> it is a classic but um yeah so that's another issue one that you um may want to check out and you may want to check it out before our next episode yeah no spoilers yes <laughs> that's all we're gonna say for now that's folks. the most obvious thing ever yeah 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 so yeah Terry's going to be talking with us on the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> he better be because we're interviewing him tomorrow. Yeah. 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 So, um, we edit this bit out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. After the fact. So if you've listened to this on the first day, then well, well done. This is a limited edition. <laughs> 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 no, um, hugely excited to be, um, talking to Terry about his work. So, it's, mm. um, so we thought, yeah, let's, let's recommend Parker girls. It is latest, but we're going to be talking about, um, lots of different, lots of different subjects on next week's show so plenty to look forward to and uh, I'm looking forward to just reading the rest of this series to be fair to yeah. I'm fantastic just, yeah. just just great stuff and lots of great stuff we talked about on this week's episode lots of great comics mm. for you to add to your um, wish lists and beyond um, we've got uh, we've been talking off air about um, future shows we've got some interesting and even more exciting stuff um, in the future yeah, well, literally the we went earlier we mentioned three names and went fucking hell yeah. yeah 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 so um as well as like lots of topics and interesting um topics of debate and you know comics process we're always interested in all of that and mm. we are also interested in what you want to hear us talk about more on this show um yeah. there's several different ways you can get in touch with us to talk more about that you can email us awesomecomicspod at gmail.com follow us on social media at the awesome pod if you're part of the slack community hello if not, <laughs> get on it. <laughs> yeah, it's going on. Um, it's good. Because there's You've got the uh, Dragon's Claws Reading Club going on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Memes yes. channel is on fire again today. Oh, yeah. Yep. Love that. Yep. It is a very open and embracing community. If you just, mm. you know, if you want some advice about making your comic, if you want some, you know, it's not it's not a place where you get lots of people hard-selling stuff. It's people who just want to talk about comics and discuss yeah. them. We're all about discussion. Yeah, people with different opinions on there. Yeah, yeah they're open. Yeah. We're open to it, man. Yeah, yeah. and recommendations certainly. Yeah, yeah. loads of little art pages are going yeah. up, and yeah. there was a discussion about um, Hondo City this week from uh, Mega City Book Club yeah. about using sound effects as part of the sort of furniture in a in a book. That was really interesting. Nice. I think James Knight and Eamon were talking about that. Yeah, good stuff. Ask nice. for some yeah. advice on the next cover to Vanguard. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's that good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The feedback on that. I tell you what, if you want to check out what we've been talking about on the show, the comic book wise. Can you go to acprecommends.com? Yeah. And it's got every book we've recommended uh, for several shows back, and it's run by our friend Craig Shields. Nice work, Craig. Craig, Thanks, mate. You're, Craig you're a legend. That's like yes. amazing. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and also, like, having to edit the show and stuff, I, I, just, I haven't got time to do all that. So the fact that you're, you're one of, you're <laughs> oh, one of the team now, my friend. So yeah. there you go. Did he get to watch Hawk the Slayer during the week? Vince? I haven't. I haven't yet. But I yeah. need to. I need to watch it. Uh, I got. Date I bought that. I bought that on Impulse during lockdown on Blu-ray. On Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I must have a look at that. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's like because some of the special effects in that are special. The silly you know string. I, mean? I can't imagine yeah. that shows up well yeah. under HD yeah. HD TV. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, but 
we um despite our hawk the slayer chat and tune in next week to see if i've watched it or not um we are very thankful to you listening to the show and we hope you've enjoyed it and uh, made note of the comics that we're talking about um and wherever you listen to us, whether it is uh, on the website awesomecomics.podbean.com, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, like, leave a nice review, helps get the word out about mm-hmm. the show, the algorithms and all of that. Oh, I don't understand how it all works, but I know we're on other networks like Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher, Podnose, Podknife. What are the networks we on, Tony? We're on the pod, the pod network bought to our bought to us by our buddies from Viz called oh lordy it's the fat slags and the uh, particular panel that says uh, the two fat slags are at the counter they haven't got any money and the, the shopkeeper says eleven fifty, or i'm calling the police and one of them says to him hairy check and he goes okay go on then <laughs> oh god gonna pop it on the gash card oh. <laughs> a hairy check jesus yeah. christ guys we were doing so well no, no, we won't. Really. We never know. We never know. No. <laughs> that always, always ends in the fat slag yes. strip. It usually ends up like that. Oh, yeah. One's getting boned by the bloke in the shop, and the other one's taking their yeah. clothes off, ready to have a go. Yeah. Highbrow yeah. entertainment. I said it at the front, and I'm going to say it at the back. Uh. Watch yourselves. What? Um, absolutely show, lacking. Yeah. Highbrow <laughs> entertainment. If you know where we can find any. So you let us know. Please, please let us know. De- desperate yeah. to incorporate it on this We are junk food. We need some sort of nutritional value. No, no, seriously. Yeah. We um, obviously it's it's always a joy talking to these these two yes. every week. We're waiting for our invite onto QI. You know, but otherwise. Oh God. I can't even spell QI. I just did. I used to have sexual fantasies about Sandy Toxvig, but that all ended. Where can people find us online, etc., Tony? Uh, never on anything.com. I'm doing a sort of tops and bottoms. Tops of the long box mountain, bottoms of the long box mountain ah, every week okay. now. Every Wednesday it should be coming out. So well, as for last three. You could you call that mining and mountaineering. Yeah, I like go. that. Might do that one this week. Yeah. Or something similar. <laughs> Dan, where can they find you? You can find me. Find uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Bad> me. Find <laughs> me. Like that. Find me. You- you can find me online. You can read Vanguard at VanguardComic.com and I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Find me there. I yeah. didn't tell my Russell Brand joke, so... Uh, <laughs> that, so. Yeah, which is good. It's a completely just... non-offensive joke, so don't get worked up about that. <laughs> just I've got to say it now. I have to clear the air, haven't I? Otherwise, it's... it's... Uh, I He's went having see a conversation ba- on his own at the moment. Yeah. You know, I went to see... Uh... I'm just going to sit back and <laughs> I went to see Batman 89 on saturday and uh it's like watching on screen there with like the cartoonish villain laughing and cackling away at his his crimes uh but enough about russell brand on scratches <laughs> that, that's the joke <laughs> it was I'm not seen that in the yet. No, no, me neither <laughs> but i'll tell you what, batman 89 this it kind of feels like a really small film seeing it in the cinema really? because it's all, right. it's all it's all on sets isn't it yeah like then they didn't shoot in it, it's it's weird going back to it after not seeing it in, in the big screen for mm. god 30 plus years but was it good okay. it was real fun there the soundtrack go. is fucking killer yeah it's great soundtrack isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah i don't cassette tape in my car that soundtrack yeah, yeah. yeah. awesome yeah. yeah uh speaking of awesome thank you to our lovely awesome listeners for listening to us this week uh, you can find me online, etc. <laughs> I almost forgot myself there because of Dan, <laughs> Dan's joke. You can find me online, etc. at Jester Diablo. Thank you very much for listening to the episode. We hope wherever you are in the world, you're, you're happy, healthy, doing okay, reading lots of comics, 
that get you excited, that inspire you. It's always good to yeah. hear that people are inspired by yeah. comics, um, no matter what they may be. And uh, so, on the next week, when you're reading those comics and you're making your brilliant comics, or you're just telling your friends to read some amazing comics, we hope you're happy, healthy. We love you very much. Even Tony. I'm not even giving, letting him have the chance well, to say yeah. that. And as always, well, what should they do, guys? Stay, Stay awesome. awesome. You've gone Perfect. a bit French Review Club. Right? I went, I went a little bit. Jazz club. It's, it's almost a little bit ASMR, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know what that is. That's excellent. That's similar. About do you know what that stands for? I'm... No. Need me neither. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Bit, bit homework for listeners. <laughs> See you later. He's having a conversation on his own all show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>